Hello and welcome to Films and Fandoms with Kaylee. Before I get into this episode, NAVCO would like to thank its sponsors, West PA Systems, the electrical design build contractor for your 21st century home and business, and Dakota, the Dubois Area Council of the Arts. I have a very special episode for today because not only will I be talking about one of my favorite shows, Leverage, but I have a very special guest on today. My one of my favorite humans, fellow chaos bringer, teller of bad ideas, and my good friend <laughs> Alex. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and yes, so, I just did that. I just covered my face because I'm like <laughs> embarrassed. I don't be, it's okay. <laughs> so, I told you this was probably gonna happen. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, we met actually. Oh. oh, we actually actually haven't. Oh my, we actually haven't met in real life. This is actually our first voice conversation that we've had. So kind of real life ish. It is kind of via the interwebs. Yeah. Okay, that was yeah, a really hardest thing over to say. Instagram. Right, so that was a really hardest thing to say. Because <laughs> he did say that before. <laughs> okay. So today, yeah. <laughs> so we are both fans of the show Leverage. So I had asked Alex to come on so that we can talk about this together because we both love the show and you share the things you love with the people you like so here we are (laughs) so before we actually get into (laughs) and yes i am giggling like crazy (laughs) (laughs) it's okay i am too it's good it's all good okay so before we get into the nitty-gritty of this episode we're going to be talking about the first episode of Leverage called The Nigerian Job. And the bit of a summary for this episode is a desperate aerospace CEO asks Nate Ford to leave a team of expert thieves to recover airplane designs from the rival company that took them. It is directed by Dane Devlin and our writers, John Rogers, who's also the creator. And Chris Downey, who's another creator. And this aired December 7th, 2008. That makes me feel old. (laughs) Uh, I would have been five (laughs) when this aired. (laughs) Oh, man. I was six or seven. Oh wow! It was little. <laughs> I was too. Okay, so we open this episode with we meet our main protagonists, and I say protagonist, and not the hero, because one thing you will very quickly learn about Nathan Ford is that he is not a nice man, <laughs> and is a bastard. He had a very- 
yeah, he had a very punchable face in the beginning. He did. Okay, that's that's my Elliot coming out again. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. And I also wanted to tase him. Okay, now that's Parker. Calm down. Right. No, but seriously, that's what I thought. I'm like, can I just tase him, yeah. please? Yeah, I jerk. Yeah, he was always a bit of a jerk until. And to be honest, I didn't really like Nate. And I, like, he was an interesting character for sure. But he wasn't a very likable character, which I guess is kind of the point of the character. He said he wasn't meant to be likable. He was like, he reminded me of, like, the really obnoxious, but really, like, arrogant jerk face of, like, a drunk uncle. Yeah, well, he was drunk 90% of the time, so that's fairly accurate. <laughs> Back to the episode. So, Nathan Ford, played by Tim Timothy Hutton, is an ex-assurance investigator, and he's drinking at a bar, at an airport bar. And he is met by a man we later learn is Victor Dubenich, who is played by Sal Rubenich. He may know from Warehouse 13. That's where I know him from. I'm like, his face is so familiar. I'm like, and I'm like, oh, crap. He was a geeky yeah, guy. Yeah, to quote Steve, he has one of those, oh, it's that guy. He has one of those, oh, it's that guy. Face. True. And voices, actually. Yeah. And it is very obvious that Victor knows who Nate is, and um, he starts talking about all these different things that Nate did for his insurance company, and he says that when Nate needed them, and he kind of trails off, then says, and he says, the kind of thing that happened to his family and starts chilling off again before Nate threatens to punch him in the neck nine or ten times. <laughs> That's a very Elliot thing of him to do. He's like, oh, I hate you so much. Uh, and also a very Nate thing. Like, you bring up any mention of, like, IYS or his son, and he's like... It's a touchy subject. I mean, it is. I would which, feel, I mean, like, because he's a dad. Who lost yeah. his only kid? Yeah, I couldn't imagine that pain that he's feeling. So he's I, still grieving. I honestly could point. not either. Like, don't get me wrong; it's gr- justified. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's still a grieving father at this point. Um, he is. When he just uh, hasn't decides to poke the bear mm-hmm. <laughs> in a bad way. Yeah, not in a like in a badass way with Elliot <laughs> or Quinn, for that matter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if it wasn't obvious, both of us, by the fact that I'm wearing the black t-shirt bandana combo, and Alex keeps mentioning Elliot, we are both fans of a character we're going to meet here in a few moments. <laughs> Wire room gra- glasses. <laughs> I can't talk. Wire room glasses. Okay. You didn't want. Okay, so Demand Justin Nate wouldn't knows about airplane designs. 
Nate makes a sarcastic comment like, uh, you know, give me one of those little rulers and a pencil. And then Devanich says that someone stole his airplane designs. And now Nate is under the assumption that Devanich wants him to find them, but Devanich says he knows where they're at and Nate want, he wants Nate to steal him back. And we get some lovely shots of Chicago as opening credits roll. Right, so yeah, we see just, a, just a, like it's like when they do that like pan shot of like Chicago, but I'm like that makes me that's like one of my top places to go. Portland is like my number two, like number two, mm-hmm. and now New Orleans. New Orleans, yeah, Portland <laughs> definitely because that's where they actually filmed most of Leverage and the in New Orleans because that's where they're filming Redemption yeah. right now. Yeah, I've always joked that I wanted to experience Mardi Gras just to say that, that would I would like, be like pure insanity. Like it would be. be. Funnily enough, my birthday is literally a week before Mardi Gras starts. Oh yeah, I remember that because I sent you a YouTube video. <laughs> yep, and I still am not over that. And this is also what we do. We torture each other with like we do Tumblr posts, um, video snippets. Yeah, the, that's our friendship, the y'all. <laughs> the memes of the, the memes. Elliot stare. Elliot, <laughs> you did that to me earlier today. Yeah, so and, I think me the Elliot eyes. Yeah. Right. Because it's okay. just that look. It is. Makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a distinctive <laughs> but also, look. I'm like, I'm like, just punch me in the face and just hug me, please. Mm. Odd combination, I know. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> what is this chaos? I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, right. Back to the episode again. All right, so we see the team at night. They meet outside the building. They split off. Three people head into the Pearson Aviation Building. Nate is heading to a building, adjacent building, getting a bit of his office set up. <laughs> and then um, back at the airport, Nate asks to Bennett to be sure that Pearson stole his designs. Independence explains that his lead engineer disappeared with his files. Then a week later, Pearson announced an identical project. And he's also desperate because he's got the shareholders meeting at the end of the month. And he's put a lot of money into it and time into this project. And Independence shows Nate the files of the crew he's already built. And Nate says he's traced all of them at one time. That's like, you have Parker? <laughs> like, sending out Parker. <laughs> I do end up just if there's anyone better. It's like, no, but Parker is insane. 20 pounds of crazy, five pound bag. Five pound bag. (laughs) 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 Uh, I'm sorry. That just happened to pop into my mind when you said Parker. No, it works perfect. (laughs) All right. And Demenish tells Nate that's why he needs him. Nate declines, saying he's not a thief. Which is something that he repeats throughout the entire season. <laughs> and like, oh, the really? 
Really, Nate? Really, Nathan? You, yeah, like you kind of are because you're the team leader. Well, that and dad find out it, yeah. <laughs> yeah and we find out a bit later that he's like that he ran cons to get his stolen merchandise back so um <laughs> gosh dang it my phone does not want to cooperate it's wanting to fall so um, but DeBenner says he has thieves, but he needs an honest man to watch them. Which is where Nate comes in, is he needs an honest man to basically keep them in line. Which I guess at this point, Nate is an uh, honest man. And he's using, I think he's using his anger and revenge to justify agreeing to this job. Because as we find out in a, or as we find out here in a bit, uh, Nate's old insurance company, IYS, holds the insurance policy for Pearson. Then DeBenich asks uh, Nate how badly he wants to screw over the company that let his son die. So I think Talk that's what... Well, that and that was the final shot for Nate to be like, okay, like I'm gonna do this because I want to get back. And a little quick mention here, um, when you brought up Dubinich saying that he's like, I, I'm bringing these people to you to kind of help get revenge, so to speak, on the company that basically did your son dirty. Mm-hmm. He brings that up in another episode, like two or three episodes later. He brings that up again when he's in jail for freaking breaking the law because they set him up for failure. And it's like he uses yeah. that against Nate. And he's like, Nate's like, I don't give a crap. You're a bad man. I just did that yeah. to, to get revenge on the fact that you're my company, mm-hmm. my former company, basically was responsible for my son's death and for my divorce. Yeah, because I could not imagine the anger that he's feeling at this point mm-hmm. like why didn't he just backhand Dubinish right then and there well, because, because he knew it wouldn't end well yeah well, that and he probably knows that like the, he probably thinks the only way he's gonna like feel better is by taking a run at his old insurance company which kind of yeah. comes which With the, like, their, their tagline. Because the one way to harm somebody, not physically, like, like Elliot, <clears throat> <laughs> or by stealing from them, like Parker, or hacking into their databases, like, like, uh, Hardison yeah, would do. All that stuff's temporary. Um, yeah. The one way to ultimately hurt somebody is either attack their character attack their family or attack them personally or all three or attack and their at this company. point yeah and at this point those three that i mentioned that's what dubinish is doing to nate mm-hmm. and he is a seedy little rat of a human being at this point mm-hmm. that i would just he love is. to eat off a cliff mm-hmm. <laughs> so continuing with this little uh chat that Dubenich and Nate are having. Nate says that it, 
to banish this plan is not going to work as the people he's hired are all soloists. They never work for him. Dubenich says that they will for $300,000 each. When she gets back in 2008, that might have been a different amount. (laughs) That was worth different. Because keep in mind, this show came out of the 2008 financial crisis. Yeah, so what, roughly, like they said, like about like three grand for each one 300,000 each yeah for yeah each of them for each one so now that roughly would be in today's market probably about 750 per person i would not know that's how to not, do that I, so thank you for doing that for me <laughs> yeah that's just a guesstimate i'm like it wouldn't be worth it i would rather freaking sell my guitars for that amount of money mm-hmm. But I wouldn't because my guitars are my babies. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh, that reminds me. <laughs> I asked Christian via no, awkward segue, I know. No, it's okay. I asked him, I asked him like outright on Twitter, it's like, hey, what's your oldest guitar? And he's like, my oldest guitar is like 22 years old. I'm like, damn, your oldest guitar is as old as I am. <laughs> That makes so, me feel like so a baby keep that compared to him. Consideration. Okay, I'm 19. Okay. And you're like and I'm what, 22. 23. 23. And we're both <laughs> obsessing over a man who's almost 50 freaking years old. That could be our like literally he could be <laughs> our father. <laughs> now you see what? Is here, but I mean, have you seen him? It's pretty obvious why. Mm. That damn hair of his. Trust me, we're gonna get into that. All right, all right. So okay, now my mental Elliot is glaring at me. Okay, all right. Continuing on. Okay, so. So Dubinich also, as I mentioned a bit earlier, Nate also entices, or Dubinich entices Nate by telling him that uh, LYS holds the assurance, or that he'll double the money for running the crew, and it's off the books, and there's a bonus because his old insurance company, LYS, holds Pearson's insurance policy, and that's when Dubinich brings Nate's son into this. And Nate is trying to get everyone's attention by saying Claire comms. And the first crew member we meet is my boy Alec Hardison, played by Aldous Hodge. Who I love. I love him. He's awesome. He is. Boy. And that boy is like what, six three or something? He is. He's tall. And I'm small. So it would be literally like two of me stacked up. Me too. To equal his height. I'm four six. Okay, for you, it'd probably be two and a half. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. No, it's okay. No, it's okay. But for those of you who don't know Aldous Hodge, he was also, or he was on an episode of The Walking Dead. He's in um, The Invisible Man. 
and he was also on an episode of season one supernatural oh he's the one that stabbed sammy yeah he played jake teeley the one who stabbed sam winchester in the season two finale i just wanted to punch him in the face yeah okay which is funny is i didn't make that that in my head (laughs) for a, a while and then that makes two well yeah two leverage uh alums that have been on Supernatural. <laughs> yeah. Because well, you, you got... Aldous and now CK. Yeah. And also um, Mitch Pelleggi, who played one of the um, CEOs they take down in a later episode. Was their grandfather. Yeah, he played their grandfather. And he's on Walker with Jared. Too yeah, now. playing his dad. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I watched the recent episode <laughs> I saw the clip. Jen- I saw it. Yeah, saw the clip. like <laughs> I was geeking out so hard when I heard it's like, oh, point and no return. I was like, oh, and I'm like, I looked down on my shirt. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> and that's Dean coming out. Dang it. Mm. I am a mash of pretty much all male characters at this point. <laughs> uh, me too. Me too. Oh my goodness. All right. But, but it's also what's kind of cool about Aldous though. And in, in this episode, he was twenty-one. Like he had literally just turned twenty-one when he got. He was just cast. a baby. He, he was, was a baby adult. He was a baby adult. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's all grown up, owning his own production yeah, and company. And he was the youngest out of all four of the guys. CK yeah. was the second oldest. Yeah, he's right behind him yeah and then bethy i love her i love bethy yeah yeah it was gina and then bethy yeah but you also will see all this in the new black adam movie that's coming out which i don't like i don't usually watch dc movies i'm a marvel fan but I may just watch Black Adam tra- just to see. I watched the trailer oh, for it and it looks I did good. Too. It does. I saw Aldis in the Hawkman costume. I was like, oh, Hardison! Like, Hardison's living his nerd dream and I love it. It's kind of funny. Anyways. All right. So Alec Hardison's skill set is described as internet and computer fraud, aka the hacker. And he's also offended by the tech Nate gave him, like, nah, nah, bro, like, I, this is total, this is total VH1, like, I got something nicer. <laughs> because, you know, millennials. Yeah, the, like, or, the facial expressions, though. Yeah. That's what killed me in this episode, like, when I rewatched it, Everyone's I forgot, like, the expressions. facial expressions and including when CK looks at all this like murder you. You can see that little like the little that look a lot. Yeah that little twitch in his eye like he's trying not to try not to break. Yeah like his eyebrow twitches or something. I know and that's his like I'm in character but I'm trying not to break. But there was one time he smiled when he wasn't supposed to and that was him breaking. And it was with Bethy. Of course it was. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, all right. 
Anyone on work, you can accept that. <laughs> All right, so Nate says, no surprises. Hardest and Tulsa Mead's been doing this since high school. And he's cap discipline. So then we get Hardison's flashback to New York City five years prior, where we see security head into a hotel room because Hardison's checked under checked in under the name Nick Jagger. Then we see Hardison sitting on a couch, surrounded or like a couch bed thing. I couldn't exactly tell what it was, or it was like one of those futon things. Surrounded by three women just as Leia in the slave bikini. Trying to mind Jedi mind the security, like this is not the room you're looking for. <laughs> like doing the wave motion. <laughs> the freaking geeky references in the first freaking episode. Oh, there's gonna be so many geeky references throughout the entire series. And then Star, it gets Star Trek. So many Star Trek ones. So many. Doctor <laughs> Who. Just, just so many. Yes. Oh, so many. Star Trek references are like, they went over my head when I first watched it, but now I, I point it out to myself and I start cracking up. <laughs> because considering who one of the lead guys, kind of like teammates on it, Jonathan Frakes, aka number one. Oh, yeah. Frakes. Okay, my Frakes-y. favorite. Yes. Frexy. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I love him. He's awesome. <laughs> so, I right, we get Hardison explaining a bit of the comms, and it's a bone conduction earpiece mic, and it works off the vibrations in your jaw. And he passes the comm to Elliot, and they, of course, bicker with Elliot saying he's not as useless as he looks. Hardison's like, I don't even know what it is you do. Then we meet Elliot Spencer. Our favorite character, played by our boy, Christian Kane. Or, as I may be referring to him at some point, fucking Oklahoma. Because... That's an audio commentary joke, but it's actually pretty accurate if you hear some of the shenanigans Christian gets up to behind the scenes. It's hilarious. It is. Oh, actually, speaking of Saab Rubinek, there's an episode later coming up where uh, Christian gets, or where Elliot comes into the briefing, he's all busted up, and and they have to explain why. And Elliot says, well, how was I supposed to know it was a lesbian bar? But the reason they had that line was because, because oh, freaking Oklahoma man was playing, what was it, like football? In cowboy boots. He was boots. playing poker. No, he was playing poker with Timothy Hutton and Sal Rubinek. And then Dumbass decided to go outside and throw the football around in cowboy boots. Cowboy boots in like basically eight shit literally his face is pretty busted up (laughs) yeah and he has like a scar above his eyebrow from that Uh, incident yeah but as also as john rogers says the shit kicker genes are strong with him because he heals pretty fast and he has like a wolverine (laughs) healing factor (laughs) 
Anyways, Elliot is also known as the retrieval specialist or the hitter. And we get his flashback to Belgrade three years earlier, telling, walking into a cafe, like he owns the joint, telling a large group of goons he's there to collect the merchandise. And of course, he's, you know, he's got that Texas, Oklahoma drawl going on there. Guns are, oh, lots quick. of guns are pulled on. Yeah. yeah, quick little segue with that. <laughs> I wrote, Elliot walks in wearing wire room glasses and I'm just like, and then because of, because of when TK read for Elliot, he read that. He's like, Elliot walks into a bar sipping tea, wearing wire room glasses, and he's like, he folds it, threw it, hit the couch, went behind the couch, and he's like, come on, try it again, and he's like, they basically kick the shit out of everybody else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Everybody, everybody's dead but the head goon, and then he just slides across the baseball car. And it's freaking, like, I give up. His shitty smirk. Oh, that classic. Uh, <laughs> smile. Like, I call it the shit eating smirk. Exactly. Because that's what it is. Cocky smile of like, I gotcha. But now you but know. It was also really cute. It was. But now you know why we're obsessed with Christian Kane. Because no, that and his damn blue eyes, like seriously, he does. and just his rattlesnake smile and his charm. Just, I love it. Elliot song, okay. Literally, that's the, the one of the songs that I think of when I, when I, yeah, it's just a Christian Kane song. So that's why. Yeah, I and I, I think of Elliot when I hear it. I'm like, that's oh, I do him. too. That and good old boys. <laughs> <laughs> For obvious reason, like yeah, when they're camping out in Lucille, <laughs> no, we can't do that yet. No, we can't do that. Yet. I know. We have to wait to do that. I know that's like later, but that's what I think of. It's like yeah. just them jamming wait, out. Like, yeah. I wonder if that that actually happened, like behind the scenes, or just like ever. Fragile is a song. Just a good old boys never made it no harm. Oh, you have a sovereign. <laughs> I can't even sing it without like cracking up because freaking uh, supernatural yeah. okay. for me. Uh, damn it. Jensen. Okay. All right. Back back to the episode again. Okay, so then we meet Parker, played by the lovely Beth Reedsgraff. He was hanging upside down asking for an earbud. And Hardison, little flirty is, he's like, you can have the whole box. And Elliot's like, what are you going to do when she's on Elliot's face? <laughs> <laughs> Look at disgust on his face. Priceless. And he's like, really? Like, we're professionals. Don't be flirting on the job. Like Elliot hasn't freaking flirted on the job <laughs> before. Let's be real. Really, really buddy? Really? Mm-hmm. But then we get my favorite artist in line. Age of the Geek, baby. You run the world. 
that was my notification tone for a while. <laughs> You're the geek baby around the world. Nope. None. <laughs> I actually have a pillow. I don't know where it went. Do I have it? I have a pillow somewhere that I got for Christmas that says Age of the Geek Baby, we run the world. <laughs> oh, I think I'm at, oh, yeah, I, I see the poster behind you. Making me uncomfortable. Oh, <laughs> sorry. In the eyes. Do my freaking eyes. Just don't look. Just don't look at the eyes. Just don't look at the eyes. It's okay. <laughs> but I like. I like how they do Parker's like description <laughs> because it goes from like security circum to infiltration to alter, and then just says thief. <laughs> and then we get her flashback, which is a man and a woman arguing there's they're slapping and guys telling young parker that she can't have bunny unless or she's like you thought i would never find this you don't get bunny unless till you're good or or you don't get bunny so or something so be a good girl or become a better thief. Yeah. And then, then the uh, house explodes. Then I, I, then I figure out that that was actually Archie talking to her. Her adoptive father is like, you have to become a better thief before you can get this. You see. Yeah, because that wasn't that there, that wasn't Archie in the what? flash, but uh, yeah. Parker's <laughs> Parker setting up a rig and saying the last time she used the rig was Paris in 2003. LA's asking, there's like two separate conversations here. LA's asking if the comms are safe. Nate's asking Parker if she stole the Carvaggio. And Hardison assures Elliot it's safe. Just if he experiences nausea, weakness, and a right side, right side stroke, strokiness. Nell's like, you're precisely why I work alone. Nate gets him to focus, says they're going to go on his count, and Parker, no freelancing. Elliot assures him they're professionals. Nate goes to count down, but hard interrupts, saying, oh, he doesn't want to be our pal. Nate's like, all right, in like five, four, and then Parker yelling. She's and gone. She's gone. <laughs> That's the tackle of Adele. Like, she's gone as she's like jumping, running down the building. Nate's like, son of a. <clears throat> and then Hardison and Elliot look over as Parker's joined the building. You know, what does Elliot say? <laughs> My favorite thing. <laughs> oh, she's 20 pounds in a five pound bang. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. <laughs> It is true. She's a whole lot of crazy in she a is. tiny package. She is. And we get some thief lingo here that I do not know because Parker's upside down, realizing the vibration detectors are on inside the office she's getting into. Nate tells her no cunning, use the binary. No idea what that means. Harrison and Elliot are making their way to the elevator shaft. Parker 
like cuts a circle out of the glass, gets her way in, flips off the desk, catching the pencil before it falls on the floor, which I thought was cool. And Parker gets to a control box and sends Zelly and Hardison down the elevator shaft. Oh, and I said, I had the quote, no cutting Parker, and I put, uh, Nate uses the dad voice. Uses the dad voice. He does have a bit of a dad voice when he's talking to Parker. Exactly. And I'm like, he's like, Parker, no freelancing. Is that not like how a dad would be like, like, no, basically, like, don't touch that. Exactly. It's like, sweetheart, behave. <laughs> like, Parker, behave yourself. Now you, now you see why my uh, OC is, Natasha is like, so friggin' bratty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because of the dad voice. Dad voice. Uh, well, my OC has a mom voice. Especially when it comes to Elliot. Blushing. I am <laughs> blushing like green. I will probably get into what we were just talking about there at the end. Okay, so Lee asks about security. Parker says they don't see anything. Ellie and Hardison make their way to the server room where Hardison puts a gizmo in the electronic lock. Nate asks if there's any chatter. Parker says she there's none, no chatter. But then Nate realizes that there are four guards short because there's eight on the duty roster. Elliot asks if there's a problem. Nate says maybe and has Parker run the cameras. And Hardison realizes that it's attempted to pass over to get into the lock to get to the server room. And Parker discovers that the four guards are doing their walkthrough now they're early. And as Nate realizes, it's because the playoffs are going on. So they're doing a walkthrough an hour early to watch the playoffs, which would realistically make sense. I love, I love what they come up with. Like after they realize, like, wait a minute, they're, they're watching a game. Hold on, we have to reanalyze this. Hold on, we need to. And there's like, Nate going improv, <laughs> going to a whole another plan here. And, and the, Nate's like, okay, the we got a sub plan you. of the plan. Yeah, it's a sub plan of the plan. <laughs> and Parker says they're at the stairwell. And Nate says, okay, we got to squelch them. As the guards find the open door, and Parker makes it so that they can't radio up to the guards at home base. They can't phone home. <laughs> and then he tells Elliot to clear the zone and use Hardison as bait. And Hardison's, Hardison's so grumpy. He's like, excuse you? Hey, like, what they ain't talking about me. I ain't nobody's bait. I'm like, what the hell did you just say to me? And great, my Elliot accent just came up. Oh, and then we get badass Elliot fight because Hardison, <laughs> he starts freaking out. And when he goes to leave, Gart, he gets cornered. 
by the four goons. They're pointing guns at him. Then Elliot just comes through the back. He just struts right behind and him. And Artisan holds up the duffel. And he just drops it as Elliot takes on all four guys. Knocks them all out before the bag falls to the ground. But takes the magazine out of a gun. Shitting ink smirk on his face. So that's what that's I what do. I do. <laughs> that little, like little shoulder shrug he does yeah, too. Sure. <laughs> the same time. Like he is so proud of himself and is showing off. He is showing off. But that was also the scene where I was like, "I that that's that's the character I like." Like that's mine. <laughs> like that's my character. <laughs> Is that fight scene, that shitty smirk. That's what I do. Yeah, it's just like I like him. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, that's what I knew. It was like, oh, crap, this cowboy just stole my heart. Yeah, I always, I always say like that was the scene that made me fall in love with Elliot. But. The scene that made me fall in love with Christian Kane comes in a later episode, which I told you is my favorite episode, which is the studio job when he's performing. Okay, okay, fine. It's okay. It's okay. That's one of my favorites too. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just like really happy. I can't tell if Partisan's face is in this. It is he's like impressed, or if he's Scared. slightly that or... maybe a bit too. But I can't tell oh, if he's also me. slightly like turned on a bit. What? <laughs> like damn, <laughs> that that was me? a wall damn face. I know too. It's like wall damn. <laughs> it's the eyes. It's the thing with the Why eyes that he does. <laughs> but, like, when I, uh, <clears throat> it's just like, whoa. Yeah, that, and that too. And the little subtle, mm-hmm. what Elliot says to him, he's like, that's what I do. And he's just like proud of himself. Yeah. The moment of like, okay, now, so you, so you ain't talking shit. <laughs> Like you ain't talking shit no more, boy. <laughs> it's like I didn't I didn't believe you at first, but now I kinda do. Now I saw it in person. Yeah. Sorta. Yeah. Alright. All right. Server door unlocks. Alright. For the well, the door code to get into the building is eight six seven no, it's a Tommy Two's Tone song. Oh my god, how did I yeah, miss that? Yeah, that's the door code. There's a couple extra digits at the end, but the main first ten digits are eight six seven five three zero nine. It's probably like the second, so I... it's very easy to miss. But mm-hmm. like, how did I miss that? Like, probably I was just too preoccupied with the Elliotness. Oh my god, <laughs> with Elliot, <laughs> with Elliot, kicking ass. All right, so they go into the server room ship the drives nate tells them to drop the spike and they shut down the server and they go but parker says that they got a problem because the guards that elliot beat up reset the alarms on the roof and the floors above them 
so they can't go up. And now it's like, every man for himself, dude. And Harris is like, go ahead, I'm the one with the merchandise. Parker's like, I'm the one with the plan. And it's like, and I'm, or I'm the one with the exit. And it's like, and I'm the one with the plan. Now I know you children don't play well with others, but I need, I need you to hold it together for seven more minutes. Now get to the elevator and head down. We're going to the burn scam. And they all go to the seven. elevator. Hardest and Elliot going first. They start changing. Hardison asks if this is plan B. Nate says it's technically plan G. Then Parker comes into the elevator. His face in the back or the opposite of the door. I'm assuming it's the back. Strips off her shirt and she doesn't have a bra on. What the boys, what our boys do is like hilarious. <laughs> so I must say, I do appreciate the fact that they're both gentlemen and professional enough to turn away. What I want to know is how the hell did Aldous and CK not break during that? Mm. I would have been on the floor laughing. I I don't know. I would be too, but I'm also pan. So I would also... Like okay, that's happening. I don't know what exactly I'm feeling, but I will give you the privacy. But now that image is out, not out of my head. <laughs> like okay, I'm gonna need to burn my eyeballs now. Yeah, and because we know like Ellie, it's a bit of a flirt, and I like getting his flirt on. So I appreciate that, even though. Like, that's who he is. He did, like, turn to give Parker some privacy. Yeah, well, I think yeah. also... Because um, any other show her, would have had them, like, gawking and at Parker. Like, checking her out. Checking like, her seriously? out. But the fact that they're like, oh, and, okay, naked woman. But, okay, but this, yeah, this is happening. Little, <laughs> yeah, that subtle little turning around... Um. To me, it's like he kind of had that protectiveness over her. And that's like the big brother moment. A bit, yeah. But it's like. And it's also Elliot's instincts, too, I think. Just because he sees her as pretty much like a child that needs to be protected. Yeah. Because she can't fight. Not yet. Yet. (laughs) Yet. (laughs) Yet. Well, at least it's I mean, not she established. Have a, she have a taser. I mean, yeah. Like, right. tasing people's fun. Okay, Hardison asks how many plans Nate has, and if he has like a plan M. Nate says, "Yeah, Hardison dies in plan M." I like Elliot says, I like Plan M, but he's wild. Hardison's look. Freaking great again. Like his look back, like, excuse you. Scared of, like, okay, I'm scared of you now. I I thought it was more of a, excuse you. (laughs) I'm the one who has the files. (laughs) You really want to do that to me right now? 
So they get changed. Parker puts or Hardison puts burn makeup on Parker. Ellie gives her a brace. They exit the elevator, and the security With guards confuse <laughs> With the crutches. <laughs> And they're like, "Don't stare!" And he immediately, don't Elliot see. immediately moves. I know. I, I didn't notice like, it. Tom, it's yeah. fine. No, I was like, "No, it's, it's fine. not fine." Like, but I, I wonder if this think? was a, like, a directional thing for Christian, or was it was just something that he thought of in the moment? But he instinctively, when that person looks at Parker, he moves closer to her, mm-hmm. almost immediately. And I'm like, oh, they protect protective big brother. I know. Well, it could be because right it's like, like okay, security, he could cause a problem. So I need to be close so I can like get rid of the problem. If yeah, I need or to. Or push her behind me so I can fight that problem. But it also makes sense with for like fish. the character she's playing. Yeah. Or the characters they're playing. Yeah. Anyways, they go to leave and meet Nate in the car. And I like Parker tossing the crutch to Hardison. It's like, boop, catch in the car. Like the synchronicity is already there. And this is supposed to be like a one-time thing. So sun's coming up. Nate's drenched in Hardison. Like, come on, it's only taking you all night. Hardison is like, I have a couple Wi-Fi signals to some crappy bandwidth. Hang on. And he sends the designs. And he says the money will be in their accounts later today. Hard is like, anyone else notice how hard we rocked last night? And I was like, one show only, no encores. But it's like, I already forgot your names. And Hard's like, you know, it's cool being on the same side. And it's like, I'm not, we are not on the same side. I'm not a thief. I'm not a thief. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> I like. Parker says, you're like, come on, Nathan. Tell the truth. Didn't he have and a little, little bit of fun playing the Black King like, come instead on. of the White Knight? It's like, one night, I was like, I chuckled when she did that. And then, like, the aerial shot of them walking off. Uh, of the classic bird overhead oh, bird's that, eye. That's so cool. But if you think about it, the Black King, White Knight, is, like, the whole theme for Nate. Throughout the entire series, if you kind of exactly. think about it. He's both. In that aspect, yeah. in a but way, right now, yeah, because right now he's thinking he's the white king or white knight, but when in reality, not so much. Yeah, to uh, to quote the Christian Kane song, he's a different <laughs> kind of. I was gonna say different kind of knight, but that does not make sense for what the song is about. So scrap exactly. That. <laughs> okay, ignore that. Let's keep going. Nate is then woken up by his phone going off. He's laying in bed, knocking over the pretty small much. Liquor. Oh, did you notice the like stack of small liquor bottles on his nightstand and on the floor? I did see that. He was fast out drunk. He 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 was on a bender. He was on yeah, a bender. He was hungover. <laughs> and as soon as Nate answered the phone, the manager's like, "You screwed me." And, and the, like, the designs never got to me. I mean, it's like I know I like I don't I saw like I watched them go out, but it's just like I never received anything. 
And Nate's like, well, I told you not to trust him. And Devenna tells Nate that's what his job was. And he's freezing all the payments. Nate offers to go to straighten out. And Devenna's like, no, 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 no. Do not come here. I have, my company has an airport hangar. Because I'll text you the address. Meet me there in an hour. So we arrive at the hangar. Where Nate arrives at the hangar, where we see Hardison pointing the gun at Elliot, asking what happened to the designs. Elliot's like, what makes you think I know, stupid? And it's like, forget you, man. You did it when you were coming from the elevator. And Elliot's like, yeah, that makes sense. And you had the file every second. Yeah, I love that they're blaming each other for this. I did my yeah. part. I transferred the files. What did you do? They you saved you from security, Harrison. Yeah, it's like they didn't realize at that point that Dubinich was in Nate's back pocket, pretty much. At that sure. point. They don't realize that. Well, they don't realize he's the bad guy either. Yeah, he's the puppeteer in the in this yeah. problem. Yeah. And then Elliot's like, you better get that gun out of my face. And I think it cut because the subtitles cut off at this point. But I think Elliot's about to threaten to tear Hardison's arms off. Which makes sense. And then Nate okay, like, me, yells and Hardison points the gun. Oh, that made me think of the uh, the gag reel. He's like, you want me to tear his arm off and beat him with it? Oh, Yes! <laughs> Season two gag reel. Uh, there's no gag reel for season one. I know. Well, there is, but it's not. It's not really a gag like, reel. It's just the deleted yeah. scenes. I know. And alternative takes the stuff. And Hardison points the gun at Nate. Elliot asks Nate if he did it, as he's the only one who's played both sides. And he's like, and he seemed pretty relaxed for a guy with a gun pointed at him. Now it's like, safety's on. And I was like, look, I'm going to fall for that. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's like, the, no, the safety is on. Give me that. Like, give me the damn thing. Like, give me the damn gun. And Nate asks if Elliot's armed. Elliot says he doesn't like guns. Then Parker comes in pointing the gun at him and Nate points the gun at Parker but then he sees the sir he puts the gun down and then like lowers it you know she comes like in the- saying the money isn't in her account and that makes her cry in her special anger place <laughs> it's Elliot's look of like what the hell crazy woman probably what the heck and Nate lowers the gun like he's trying to grab something from a wild animal like he approaches slowly <laughs> I'm like okay, like Parker. I'm gonna lower the gun. Do not. The visible. went into self like saving mode at that point. It's like I, I, so, I yeah. ain't getting shot. He's like mm-hmm. I ain't getting shot. Like I, 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 I'm too hungover for this. I ain't get. I, I ain't getting shot today. Not now, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Nate <laughs> asked if they'd all come there to get paid. Ours is like, hell no, transfer of funds, man. Global economy. Elliot's like, supposed to be a walkway. I'm never supposed to see you again. Then Nate's like, he gets, he gets kind of creepy in this moment here. I'm not going to lie. 
kind of dark. Yeah, because Nate's like, and the only reason you guys are here is because they didn't get paid. (laughs) And you're pissed off, right? And everyone's looking at Nate like he's gone loco. Yeah. Oh, and I wrote, uh, I said, you guys didn't get paid. Uh Uh-oh. The only way to get us here in the same place at the same time is to tell us no money is basically what I wrote getting and paid paid and then I'm they're like the realization of oh shit run (laughs) the unanimous group oh shit (laughs) yeah it was a silent but collective oh shit we gotta go get the hell out and then it simultaneously blows up no it's hardest in trips as they're running but Nelly picks him up he helps him up like come on come on come on yep and then I would say run out of the building the building explodes and I wrote uh CK's burnt arm hair (laughs) (laughs) because remember the this happened twice once then and then once when their HQ blows up they hit the mat they didn't expect it to be that big of an explosion singed oh. arm hair and he's like Bethy was like I could smell Christian's burnt arm hair oh my god I, I didn't know that smoke. I didn't know about the burnt arm hair yeah it was like in a panel it was in a con con panel um I it's on YouTube like con panel stuff like I need to see that look it up I will, yeah, I will. it's like I'll have to do that too I think I'll have to do it's that part two Okay. Of the the that panel, okay. but yeah. It's, for those of you who don't know, ConCon is basically what they did is like a leveraged version of like, uh, a supernatural convention, but for like the <laughs> yeah, supernatural convention. Nate wakes up in a hospital. He doesn't like hospitals, as Elliot realizes, and it's like not much. Which, to be fair, who likes hospitals? And I realize I just like because Elliot's sitting in the chair watching Nate and he kind of looks over at him and he has what I wrote. Elliot's got Lindsay's crazy eyes. He does kind of get crazy. Because <laughs> he does. And I'm like, should I be fighting like, you he's or handcuffed. give you a hug? Yeah. I feel a little bit of both. But I'm also yeah. like, his hair is like kind of floppy at that point. It's like, are you it like, is. I, like I don't know if he has it in like a like a loose ponytail. Or like, yeah, he does. He's got a, he a low pony like a loose ponytail back with the freaking not white shirt, well blue with the blue, tie, yeah. the blue, with his blues yeah, rolled yeah. up, mm-hmm. and which was like throwback to Angel and freaking Lindsay McDonald. <laughs> I still haven't seen Angel. I'm still trying to make my way through the librarian movies. Okay. <laughs> when you okay, you have to tell me when you get to watching Angel because I'll I, watch I, it I, with I will, you. I will. I will. <laughs> okay. Oh no, the shenanigans that's going to ensue with yeah. that. Okay. okay, Parker. Then Parker. <laughs> It's like about time, and it's like what the and realizing Parker and Hardison are in the room next to theirs, and they can hear them through the vent connecting them. 
Barker tells Nate the cops and firemen got there just as they were waking up. And she is pacing the room because she's out of her cuffs. And Hardison's handcuffed, sitting crisscrossed applesauce on the on the bed. And Nate asks where they're at. Hardison tells him they're at County Hospital and the local cops responded to the explosion. Which is fun. It's cool because you see like Hardison gesture to his handcuffs like, you're going to deal with these? And Parker's like, looks at him like, no. No. Like, you're fine. You'll be fine. Like, it, like it's fine. Oh, and then can... like she, she has to think of something quick because the, oh, yeah. the cops are on their way. Sure. And she has to get the, like, the nurse or something like that comes in. Yeah. And she pretends to have a concussion. Yeah. Okay. So, Nina's. Are getting to that Nate asks if they've been processed. Elliot shows him the ink on his fingertips, and Nate also has the ink on his fingertips, which I guess would make sense that like the ink would stay if you've been fingerprinted. Never been fingerprinted. Putting that out there. Well, like I've had <laughs> that type of ink because I've touched like an ink pad, ink and it pad, does stain yeah. your fingers. It does stain yeah, your fingers does stain for a little fingers. bit. Yeah, I've it's like messed hard with as crap to get off. I've never been fingerprinted. Just pointing that out there. Stamp <laughs> ink, like yeah, stamp ink and uh charcoal are the hardest things to get off your fingers. I have charcoal or we use charcoal pencils to mark the uh art seating chart where I work. So I'm constantly getting like charcoal dust on my hands because of that. It says that they faxed their prints to the state police, and Hardison says, like, yo, if the stadies run us, we're screwed. Parker asks, like, how long? Hardison says they have 30 to 35 minutes, depending on the software. It was like, they printed us 20 minutes ago. So let's get out <laughs> oh, of here in the next we have 10 like minutes. 10 to 15 minutes. We're going to jail. It's like, all right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, shut up, let me think. And I was like, I could take these cops. Parker's like, don't you dare. You kill anyone, you screw up my getaway. And I was like, hey, like, wait a damn minute. I'm still handcuffed here. And I, I can't even go to the bathroom. And I got to go. Like, hardest in time and place. Okay. Like, I, I, I wouldn't like being in your situation either. But I think my need to get out of the room I am in supersedes the need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> it's like, well, if I was hard, I would have already gone in my pants from beer. I don't know. And Nate then tells, like, Parker, get me a phone. And we're going to get out together. No, it's like, this is a one-time deal. Which, <laughs> I'm like, Ellie, like you've said that like five times already. This is the one time. But you're still here. But you're yeah. still here, bud. Yeah. What the hell, says, Oklahoma? Yeah. He says, look, guys, here's your problem. You know what you can do. I know what all you can do. So that gives me the edge. It gives me the plan. Parker's like, I don't trust these guys. And it's like, do you trust me? Elliot, okay. He was totally being a smart ass with this line. He's like, of course. You're an honest man. He's, he's being such a smart ass. He, 
he did the freaking again with the freaking Lindsay smirk. Mm-hmm. He did. And I'm like, I can't tell if that was that mocking him? the fact that, like, I can't tell if that was from Elliot mocking the fact that, like, Nate is willing to commit a crime even though he's an honest man. Because usually honest people don't commit crimes. Yeah, he's like, well, you're more, you're not the. Like you're not white an knight. honest man. You're more like the freaking Robin Hood of this group. You're the lead yeah. Robin Hood of this band of lost boys, yeah. pretty much. It is a bit what girl it's like. Band of lost boys. But it... We're a group of misfits. That's what they are. Yeah. Or a village just being a smartass to be a smartass. Because let's be real, that wouldn't be totally probably, past him. Probably a little bit of both. That's fair too. <laughs> All right, then it's like Parker phone, which again demanding. The, you hear the dad voice, like Parker phone, and then Parker makes herself vomit. <laughs> then it was funny. So it's like ah ah hell no, guys. <laughs> like looking away, like ah like ah no oh, no I I mm, I. This has already been too much for me. <laughs> like, I deal with this. So, like, a doctor... Like, doctor check, checks her temp. Then the, the cop comes over and checks her cuffs. And then Parker reveals she left it a smartphone. Hardison left it a flip phone. Then because Hardison can do more on a smartphone than a flip phone, they swap... The Parker is already out of her cuffs because she's Parker. <laughs> and Hardison, and she holds up the keys. And Hardison's like, hey, like he whistles and it's like, hey. And she tosses in the keys so we can like, get out of here. Like, give me those now. <laughs> like, I've been in these damn handcuffs long enough. Give me the keys. So then Parker passes the flip phone through the vent. Nate grabs it and gives the team the idea of what they're doing by saying that the trick is to give them what they want and they're expecting a phone call. And we get a bit of a the call is coming from inside the house moment. Do you know what that's from? Like the call is coming from inside the house? No, but I know. I think it's like a scream, okay. one of the scream movies. There's a moment where they like oh, traced wait, a phone it's from the it, yeah, it's from the original, the first one, I think. The original scream. Because it is kind of like the calls from yeah. coming from his yeah, house because it's during the house party. It is. It was during like then, the college house party, I remember. It is. Yeah. I watched that and it scared the ever living crap out of me. But it is kind of like a the calls coming from inside the house moment because Nate or Elliot calls the outside line from the flip phone but they're still in the hospital so that's what made me think of that line was like because they're still in the hospital but they're acting like it's an outside call from inside the hospital yeah it's like wait a minute this is weird yeah Yeah. 
And Harrison takes a picture of himself using the back camera of his of the smartphone because smartphones back then didn't have front-facing cameras. And I say that like I had a cell phone in 2008. <laughs> oh, I actually did. I had a freaking Motorola pink flip phone and that's what I would have to do. I would turn it around to the camera and hold it up to the mirror and see where my face was in the freaking camera. I had a chalk phone because when I was when when I started like taking the bus to school, my mom wanted me to be able to get a hold of her, but she didn't want me to have like a smartphone, a smartphone. So she got me like a touchscreen uh a track phone and with like the minutes on it. Oh man, that was and like so I was only basically allowed to like just a slider, text her slider phone. <laughs> yeah. Mine was a slider touch screen. That was my uh, first phone. And I still uh, have it somewhere. I can say it's a bit later. Harrison has a phone like that where it's like the touch screen and then he slides with the keyboard. That's totally like 2000 esque like cell phone. Yeah. And oh no, my God, Elliot. They're like on fire. Putting on his. Flushing so much. <laughs> it's a. I say it's like a Midwest accent, but it does kind of sound like a, I'm going to say it again, it kind of sounds like a good old boy accent. <laughs> like, this is Detective Lieutenant Carter with the Illinois State Police. Like, we okay, got those to me, like, to me, that accent sounds like CK's accent, like, in everyday life, it's a mix of Oklahoma with a little bit of Texas draw with a little bit of Southern twang thrown in there. Yeah. And I'm like, can you get any cuter? <laughs> Literally. Like, can you and I'm like, oh my God. Like, oh this long haired cowboy is a... going to be the death of me. Mm-hmm. And like, the, we got the prince and they're setting up all kinds of red flags. And I got somebody on the phone. From down there in Washington, in the FBI, down there in Washington. Can you hold, son? And Harrison sends the fax to the machine because they had fax machines. That's like something tossed. we don't do as much nowadays. No, we do not. We send. It's like, it's like email. And then for like mm-hmm. business purposes, yeah, they have a fax. But I'm like, I've never... Yeah a fax via like a text pretty much is one of this i used to so i always see that issue. on like my yeah it's like on my prescription bottles and stuff like that and like uh office stuff they'll have like the fax number for like an office or whatever and i'm like what the hell is a fax machine <laughs> i'm showing my age here i'm like a clueless like millennial i'm sorry see what's funny <laughs> is i'm gen z well, I'm, I'm ready I'm to right cut on. off. I'm yeah, I'm like, I'm, not, I'm actually, I found out via a little bit of research. I'm a, what's called a millennial. I'm like right on the cusp between millennial and Gen Z. So yeah, I don't I'm fit in it Gen Z. Because you're just a baby. I was yeah. born in 99. And so I'm like right on the cusp between a millennial and Gen Z. So I'm a, what, what I like to call a millennial. So I'm both. Mm-hmm. It's and like, my both my parents are Gen Xers. 
and I, I don't even know what my mom would be, but probably Gen X. Probably, but like I grew up with like I still like had cassette tapes and I had like DVDs and I still had like VHS tapes that I played. Oh man, but, I remember when I re- I grew up right because I was born right on the end of like the VHS era going into the DVD era. DVD. Mm-hmm. I remember Veggie Tales on VHS tape, and I remember when I saw. I know. I remember when I saw cassette tape for the first time. I was yeah. in a music shop, and I went to the wall of like they had CDs, vinyls, and then cassette tapes. And I went over to the cassette tapes. Third one on the far right was a freaking Leonard Skinner cassette tape, nice. <laughs> and it was like a mixtape. Oh, and I'm no, like, not the I mixtape. I was like, I've never seen a cassette tape beside, outside of like Supernatural, so this is weird. Yeah, I, I don't know what was even on it because I never really like listened to it. I don't even think of anything on it. Right. But we can, okay, when Ellie, okay, Ellie tosses the phone to Nate. Let's get back on track. And then Nate's like, this is Deputy Director McCumber, uh, FBI. Like, Nate. What kind of name is McCumber? <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> like you couldn't have picked it a better name. Been, I mean, it could have been like special agent. Okay, this does sound really weird, but like, like Dallas or something like that. Like more of like a city name. Mm-hmm. like literally using a city for mm-hmm. like the last name which I've heard before on tv and stuff mm-hmm. again my accent's coming out oh, you can tell that I'm tired um but just the fact that he couldn't think of something that quick now if it was Sophie she could have thought of he, something real quick oh yeah who we meet later you get Sophie a bit in a bit yeah oh and Nate's story is that Harrison is an, is an undercover agent and that's how they get out is basically Harden's and undercover and they get into a police cruiser. But when Harrison's putting Elliot in the cruiser, he on purpose hit Elliot's head off the cruiser. And he growls. That's what he does. He poked the bear. But when Actually, Elliot no, growls, more, it's more a like bit sexy. I don't know. It's more like he kicked the wolf. It is more like a kick from a wolf, yeah. Because and I like cars. It's like, hey, like walk it off. Just, just walk. Get in. Just get in the car. Get in the car. It's like he's talking. He's like he's talking to a freaking dog. <laughs> uh, but then, I mean, Elliot's mannerisms <laughs> to me is typical of a wolf, of a lone is, wolf. That's it, what yeah. he is. Well, that's what they and then he has to be are. part of. Then he oh, has to be. They have to. They go from lone wolves to part of a pack. Yeah. And that's a hard transition for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's kind of like going from not having friends, for that matter, to having a couple, of, a couple of like Dude. internet friends and like two people that in like real life that you talk to. Yeah. 
So there's got to be some adjustment going on. There is, yeah. Behind the scenes that we don't see. Yeah. Okay. So I think this is actually an improv moment by Aldous, if I'm remembering correctly. Harrison saluted the cops before driving off. I think he improvised that. I know one scene he definitely improvised. I'll get into later. And then the nurse just, or the nurse comes out like, we've got a call. It's state police. And they're like, what? That was state police. And then they arrive at most Not the real police. <laughs> no. They arrive at a mostly empty apartment. Harrison says, like, four first-class tickets to anywhere but here coming up. Parker, like, whistles and asks whose place it is. Harrison says it's his. Then Elliot, typical Elliot fashion, says, I'm going to beat the bandit so bad that even the people that look like him are going to bleed. Parker's like, you won't get within 100 yards of him. He knows your face. He knows all our faces. <laughs> now it's like, <laughs> well, he tried to her. kill us. Parker just like, more importantly, he didn't pay us. No, it's like, how is that more important? It's like that. Parker's like, I take that personally. No, it's like, there's and something then, wrong with like, you. <laughs> and then, like, she said, that makes me angry. My, that makes angry. me, <laughs> makes me mad in my special dark, angry, small, angry place. And, Elliot looked at her like, the hell's wrong with you? Oh, wait a minute. You're 20 pounds of crazy in a five-pound bag. <laughs> We're going to be saying that phrase a lot. Okay. So Hardison then tells them that DeBenich's story is 100% true. He is the head of air- Bearing Aerospace's real rival of Pearson, who is played by Tony Bell in this episode. And his rub callers found a news video featuring Pearson, who's saying that he's lost research that they've worked on for over five years, and their servers are sabotaged, and they're going to pursue the perpetrators to the full extent of the law and the resources. Nate's it's like, it could be a cover story, and Hunter's like, this is the log, the last night's rip, and then time stamps are way down in the code, 2003, 2004. There's no reason to fake those. And Elliot's like, so we didn't steal back the plans. Parker's like, no, we were just stealing them. Harrison asks why DeBenich would lie. And he says it's because they're thieves. And if he had hired them for a straight up crime, they'd know he was a bad guy and be suspicious. This way, they just saw a citizen over his head. So they never saw the double cross coming. Parker's like, so why didn't you see it coming? And it's like, because I'm not a thief. And Elliot's about to go after Nate, like, you know what, maybe that's a problem. And I was like, well, hey, here's the tickets to like Rome, Sao Paulo, London, all matching the aliases he gave me. But Nate gets this like look on his face as he's looking at the screen like, you're running. And I was like, yes, sir, you got a better idea? And Nate then is like, no, 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 no. You're running. Now that was how that's what it's like. That's not. That's what he wants you to do. That's Mm. what he wants them to do. He wants them to run to make them look like they actually are guilty. When in reality, 
He's it's... a bad guy. Well, I mean, they've got a very punchable face. Guilty. I mean, they stole the designs. They just stole them for the wrong person. Or just... Yeah. yeah. And Nate realized, Nate's like, also, he's like, you got your balls tied to the stock market like a cinder block. Shareholder meeting coming up. We can't let this guy have any time to cool down. And now it's like, you want to run a game on this guy? You. And I was like, well, how do you think I got most of my stolen merchandise back? Like, this he's like, he's greedy, thinks he's smart. It's the ideal mark. So Nate, as much as he's like denying that he's enjoying it, you know he's enjoying it because he is doing this crap long before he even like I agreed mean, to that. Was, yeah, back when he was doing it for IYS, Sterling. Mm. <laughs> um it was more of a legal it's legally you're stealing stuff for your clients that were was stolen from them mm. and we see that again in the the reboot we see that oh, same yeah. story arc again in a different mm. light mm. and it's like his heart was in the right place he wanted to do good but the grief and pain of anger that because of his mm. because of his company that he worked for basically stabbing him in the back and not helping pay for the, his son's treatment mm. kind of spurred this revenge like fire inside mm. of him and it's still there mm-hmm. but it also gets him knocked on his ass a couple times oh yeah more than once yeah more than once mm-hmm. and Sophie kind of put like later on will be like a voice of reason yeah. Although there's one moment in a later episode that I was like, she literally hands him a loaded weapon, and I'm like, A, are you freaking crazy? B, what the hell, Sophie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then at the same time, I'm like, oh no, this is gonna end badly, and it did, mm-hmm. but not the way that I was expecting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> same with this episode, I'm like, it, it was like it went to a completely different direction than I thought it was going to go. Mm-hmm. And even rewatching it, I noticed things that I didn't realize at first. And I'm like, the heck is going on? My brain is broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Parker says that Demenich thinks he got rid of them. And Hart's like, oh, I'm in a surprise. Like, he's been wanting to go out to this guy since he, since he nearly got blown up. Oh, it's like, what's in it for me? This is payback. It goes right. A lot of money. Parker asks, what's in it for her? He says, a lot of money. And if it goes right, payback. Which, and then Nate asks, Hard, it's like Hardison. And it's like, I love Hardison's answer. I was just going to send a thousand porno magazines to his office, but hell yeah, man, let's get them up. <laughs> Is that not such a hardest thing to do? <laughs> like a monthly subscription for a year. Oh, all kinds. All kinds oh of shit. <laughs> all kinds of shit. And like, then it, no, oh. it was, it was everything from like Porno Max to food magazines to children magazines to like all sorts of crap and I'm like 
wait, you can do that? And then mm. a little freaking spark on his face. And I'm like, I immediately kicked into Elliot. I'm like, I want to punch you in the face so hard <laughs> that your ancestors weren't. <laughs> and then literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that was like one of the funniest like moments between like the group. And I'm like, I mean, throughout the first season, it was the probably the funniest moment that define their functional dysfunctional family Dynamic, in yeah. a way yeah mm-hmm. wouldn't you agree with that mm-hmm. and you could also tell that like right off the bat nate knows what to say to get to push people's buttons like right here nate that's why knows he's a mastermind for revenge right now so he knows Elliot's gonna go for the payback more than the money. Parker only cares yeah. about the money, so he entices her with the money, and he knows Hardison's gonna do whatever. He's just gonna be eager to please, so he's gonna go along regardless of what decision they made. Oh, that made me think of something. Um, you know, you know, like the genie from Aladdin, mm-hmm. three wishes. But in this way, it's one wish for each person. And Nate yeah. is the genie in this aspect. And he can kind of see yes. kind of what they need. And yes. immediately it's like, I can get you what you want. Yeah, like but you want revenge, what they don't, you can get what it. They don't, you want yeah, the money, they don't, you got it. Yeah, it's like what they don't realize is there comes a downfall to that. There is a, it's a two-way street. You get what you want, but you're endowed to this person for for them to want your services again, want your help. And basically, they're both, they are both, both parties are using him, each other to gain something and I kind of see that in today's society a little bit more people are mm-hmm. using each other pe- other people just to gain something fame fortune yeah. money whatever well, it's always uh, been the case just family and stuff capacity. like that yeah but this was more of a intimate version of that but still dark and it well, and, well it's more intimate because we've started developing a relationship to these characters do like, like storytelling instantly mm-hmm. yeah kind of like, like I, think... I want to know more about them pretty much mm-hmm. is what my mindset was i was like mm-hmm. i want to know more about why ellie do he does yeah. yeah it's like what is their uh how did we get thing? here sort of thing yeah it's like their origin story <laughs> pretty <laughs> much of why they do what they do all right continuing on so elliot asks then what's in it for nate and nate's like he used my son and you know i think he like disassociates for a bit because then he like he snaps is like okay well, let's go get sophie and i was like the look of pain confusion on his face and i'm like 
Oh, poor stupid cowboy. And then I realized, eh, you could probably murder me. Yeah. If you were that. He's our dumbass cowboy, and we love him. Yeah, it's like, what the hell is a Sophie? (laughs) And cut to Sophie, played by the amazingly talented and lovely Kiwi actress Gina Bellman. He's doing a very okay. horrible rendition of Macbeth. <laughs> Nate's so whipped by Sophie, y'all, because the audience reaction. Parker is weirded out. I don't Ellie's... think it was that Nate was like whipped per se from my perspective. I think he, he was in- amazed, though, intrigued by her oh, he was yeah. intrigued by her mm-hmm. so they have like some sort of connection it was hard eyes he definitely see. had hard eyes though yeah it's like we he don't did. we don't know their their backstory but they have a connection i could see that right, i'm yeah. like oh yeah first history here time you get that you there's know history. there's a connection yeah it's like what the heck but, but i find funny <laughs> but the bad acting was hilarious mm-hmm. uh, i can't even watch that scene because well gina's a shakespearean actress so she can perform Shakespeare good. And you almost like have to perform something good to do something to perform it bad. But that shows but that you had to be like got. a little part of her had to be like hurt a bit. It's like having uh, to perform uh, Shakespeare. right in the field. Like, oh, my heart. But because it hurt me time, because I've acted. I've been acting for lot, like the last ten years. Um, so. Like I've done, I've done like drama and stuff in school. Me too. And I've even I even wrote my own play at one point. And I actually have to being the being the actor and the director at the same time. That's hard as crap. It but is. it's funny when you're in that moment and you're in that mindset of performing. Everything else just kind of goes away, and it's really exactly. cool and. I think I, that's mm-hmm. the romanticism to the the TV world and movie world that kind of drew me in. I was like, I want to do something like that. And then at the same time, I'm like, I want to do something behind the scenes, even if it's like yeah. prop work or something. Yeah. And what drew me, I first started acting in theater because I was basically bored all summer. Like my brother was the jock and I was sitting at home doing nothing. So basically, mom was like, okay, like, you need to find, like, something to do this summer. And I had discovered the local theater where they did this workshop, and I signed up for it. And I, like, thought I was good. And, like, I felt like I, like, I loved doing theater. I had a lot of fun playing these different characters. And... Like, just learn about the art, and I'd always been into movies. So then I started getting into movies, and I had met some people. I actually met the people who founded NAFCO, and that's why I'm in the film business now, and that's, like, why I'm here now is because I started acting in theater. And I actually, I have yeah. performed Shakespeare before. That's it was Romeo really and Juliet. It was Romeo and Juliet. I was not Juliet. I remember 
having to do that in my English class and it was so difficult yeah, yeah it's like reading that out loud mm-hmm. and getting into that headspace of the character uh-huh. and my character was male so I'm like kind of body doubling it's weird it is for me for me reading for a male character is easier than reading for a female character um that's why I think for me that's why I find writing so much easier because I can basically alternate like what my my OC is my characters who they are in my head Mm -hmm. it's different but when I write them down, they are what I want them to be. But in my mm. mind, I see a, the male version of them in my mind. Mm. Even if they're a female character, I see the male version yeah. of them in my head. It helps. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize that mm-hmm. that sort of visualization was part of my creativity. So that's why I, I wanted to go into something like with like writing mm-hmm. for like a TV show. Who knows? Maybe I could be like a like a co-writer on Leverage one day. For television. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Imagine the shenanigans right. in the writing room. Oh, freak! This is basically the writing. The writers' room is basically okay. How do we plan a heist? Is <laughs> what it comes down to. Is basically planning a heist. Like, how do How do we commit a crime? Without actually committing a crime, like how do we get it? Like how do we commit a crime, but not make it seem as if we're actually committing a crime because we don't want to get in trouble. Oh, that that reminds me. <laughs> I was listening to. Remember the uh, the one of the other podcasts that you were a guest on or something? They were talking about another episode <laughs> where. They actually got contacted by the local authority, John Rogers. Oh, no, they got contacted by freaking Homeland Security or some shit like that. Because of the threat that they had written. But oh, even John like was like, no, 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 it's, it's real. Yeah, it was like, it was, it, it was fake. It was a fake heist. Yeah, it was, it was, the, it was, it was in the, because of the last damn job. I think it was like I the consultant that. they used or something. No, it was. Like they had a consultant uh, or something kind of but the way that john described it it was the plot the, that they were writing it and uh that they were going to do something bad to this like local like water source and um look at it important oh, nice damn job yeah it was it was the one before that that they got really in trouble for it yeah they had oh, gotten yeah, in trouble for doing <laughs> Yeah, and it was like they were doing research for the next one, which was the last damn job. I remember it. I think the next one or the one after that. And John Rogers said, "Like, yeah, I got in trouble. We got contacted yeah, by like, the authorities." <laughs> yeah, you so know, it was. It was like he was like, "This is how to not do crime. <laughs> Don't take what we do on the show seriously." Also, like Apollo Robbins, who is their tech consultant. For those of you who don't know who Apollo Robbins is, he's basically like a gentleman thief and a very scary man. That's yeah, that's what he his like moniker is. And he's been on Brain Games before. Yeah, Brain Games. That's where I heard of him. Yeah, and then he's like taught the cast how to do lips and that, and he helps. No, no, he helped Trey Parker. He trained Beth, Beth, yeah, B Parker. 
And apparently Ben has like really good hands. Dean Devlin, Dean Devlin was like Apollo Robbins taught Parker to be Parker. Pretty did. And I'm like, this this is the man that pickpocketed the freaking president and got away with it. I mean, he always like which is true he just more does it to like demonstrate like how to pit pocket the art of deception pretty much the art of deception, i'm yeah. like i would love to hang out with him for a day that would be fun mm-hmm. and he eventually doesn't he make like a cameo in one of the episodes he does episodes? i flipped out when i saw that <laughs> well, i mean it makes most sense i mean you better to play a thief than a thief exactly so. But, um, anyways, oftentimes Apollo will say when they've like after they've like planned the heist for the episode, for like or how planned how the characters would do the heist, and Apollo's like, "Good, like good job. Now you've committed a crime, and you just planned your heist." So you know the writing's good <laughs> when you get. Freaking Homeland Security and local authorities <laughs> telling that you need to tone down your writing and an actual thief. Yeah, John, both John Rogers and Dee Devlin both found that absolutely hysterical that that happened. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that's so you too know the close, right, the, too close right? to reality. It's, it's too meta. That's too bad. Too good. It's too close. It's too close. You gotta, you gotta tone down. John Rogers even said that with the bad guys. The cool. We we talking to someone about like one of the bad guys for an episode, and they be like, "There, like, there's no way that dude's real." And John Rogers pulls up his like the web article of that of like the person it's based on. And like, oh yeah, he's a legit person. But yeah, we're gonna do a real person. He's worse. Yeah, he's worse than what you think that I wrote. What the person that I we had to tone it down <laughs> to make it and believable. Kind of, yeah, water it down a little bit, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. Okay, all right, back to the episode. Okay, right. Elliot says it's funny. As Parker's like, is she injured? in the head we're talking about sophie performing and then elliot <laughs> says that she's worse and then and i was like sweetheart you're one to talk <laughs> well not that parker's injured she's autistic i but know like, and i think that's why she's one of my favorite characters is because mm-hmm. i kind of have a little of bit of too. autism I mm-hmm. i've got a little bit of autism um mm-hmm. because i am neurodivergent mm-hmm. so i think that's why this is one this is my comfort show because mm-hmm. i can see the brokenness in each one of the characters and i can relate to certain aspects of each character yeah so, and it's like that found family mm-hmm. cue the feels with that phrase found family because <laughs> it like is Nate. it is a found family mm-hmm. it's they put the fun and dysfunctional. Oh, that's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I like Nate saying, like, this is not her stage. And they meet outside, it's dark, and Sophie comes out of the theater, and Nally and Elliot's like, like, no, I vote no. And it's like, ah, oh, Parker's right to 
like the Benedict knows us and we need a fresh face. He starts clapping and walks up to Sophie and like, I thought you were great. And Sophie walks up to Nate like, my only fan. And we meet. <laughs> Sophie it's Devereaux. Like, like, and the grifter. Yeah, it's like, I want to know what their history is. Like, the fact that she knows of him. Because well, they have met previously. Yeah. Because the flashback they, is of yeah, seven, the flashback is of them seven years earlier in Paris. Sophie's stealing art, as you do in Paris. And Nate busts into the room, pulling a gun out, like freeze. Sophie grabs the gun off the mantle, shoots Nate, and like I think she shot him in the shoulder. It looks like it like nicked his arm. Like hit his arm kind of diagonal. Maybe. So she wasn't aiming it straight down. Yeah. Um, it was kind of sideways was, a little bit. It's, it's funny because the way that she held it was just kind of funny. Yeah. And my immediately my my immediate was, reaction to seeing that flashback was like, Sophie, sweetheart, put the gun, damn gun down. That's not how you hold a damn gun. <laughs> I know. Like, what was funny? She turns, shoots Nate, she goes to turn, but he shoots her in the back. And then she just turns around. It's the most freaking British thing ever. You wanker. And it just it's it's so funnier qu- when you consider so this quick. is the first like, time they met. Yeah, he was like trying to stop her and she's like, it's like, tick. <laughs> Pretty much. And I'm like, it's like, you bastard. Show me. It's like, how rude of you to do this to me, of all people. <laughs> kind of sassy. And I'm like, all right. Okay. Kind of right, funny. It is a little bit funny when you consider that's the first time they met, too. <laughs> and that's like a very awkward but impactful way to meet someone and fitting let's be real yeah it's like well the way that I kind of pictured that now with like their their storyline Nate and Sophie Mm -hmm. it's he was the one that was chasing her he was the chaser and it was the cat and mouse he was the cat she was the mouse and then yeah yeah and then that's what made it exciting for him yeah and then it flipped eventually it flipped she starts hunting him down yeah and they you start can see that going like, back and forth mm-hmm. like and season it's... one she and you could kind of get that vibe with this scene here when sophie's like i'm a citizen now honest and it's like i'm not and you could tell like he's um he's very he is like infatuated with sophie he has little heart like, eyes going on. He, he had heart Real. eyes the whole time. And the way that he hesitated for speaking. I'm not. It was like yeah, very, very, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a short hesitation, but it was there in his body language. Yeah. That, that's what I saw. And that's and what like I, get... I pay attention to. Mm-hmm. He leaned kind of forward towards her, but mm-hmm. he hesitated. He was stiff, but he was leaning towards her. The shoulders mm-hmm. were facing towards her. Not away was odd and then so i like sophie's little like 
you're playing my side. It's a cute, bad British accent for me. <laughs> and then Nate's little like head cock and stuff smiles like, like he, that says he is. And Sophie, like you can see, you can tell Sophie's looking at the team without the camera, like panning to the team. Just like I always thought like, he had it in. In that, yeah, in that moment, I I saw her eyes kind of go from looking at him in the face to over his shoulder, and I yeah. just imagine just the three our OT three just looking at the duo just talking. They're like with this dull, total. Oh, they totally look on know. Their faces. They're like they totally know. Well, at least Elliot and Hardison do. Parker's completely Elliot, freaking clueless. Yeah, Parker. Parker does understand. Yeah, being our uh, special little bean that she is, yeah. doesn't get it. She doesn't but Elliot game. and uh, Hardison yeah. can pick up. Given on it. Like, the, the conversation they have later. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah. there's something here. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I had the same reaction. I'm like, there's something there, but I don't yeah. know what it is. I was. I want to know more. I originally thought that they had to have like screwed at least once before that. <laughs> I was like, they probably did. Ah, well, uh, that's that's up in the air. To be fair, I think it's up to the interpretation, which is great writing on mm-hmm. the show's part, and that's great creative fanfic. Uh, you from Dean Devlin himself. It's the perfect brainchild. He left that open for us to. So in the blanks, which speaking of the mastermind himself, Dean Devlin, he's broken us several times on social media, hasn't he? He has. And he actually did it again because he liked my tweet about Parker Hardison getting Parker safe for Christmas. Oh, and he also liked my response to that. I was like, oh no, this is going to be something that she will enjoy. And I'm like, and I tagged Beth and I'm like, this is totally because Parker. she retweeted us. <laughs> and he like liked he it. He tagged Dean in a lot of things. I know. And I'm like. Sometimes it gets a And then. I know. And he's even. Oh, man. When I pointed out the family part. Between, yes. Like the brother, sister, and mom and dad thing. You know, like, like what I'm talking about. What can you about. say? I make family entertainment. Like, and you get the damn it. <clears throat> I'm like, son of a. Damn it, Dean. Stop it. <laughs> and we both did the Elliot voice just now. We did. We did. <laughs> oh my goodness. I didn't even realize that. you don't know, this is exactly how our conversations usually go. <laughs> With a lot more crazy, crazier than Parker on sugar. Mm-hmm. 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 That's it. <laughs> All, right. All right, back to the episode because it's late. Okay, Dade asks Sophie if she's in. Sophie shakes her head yes and says, I wouldn't miss this. And Nate turns around, claps his hand as the leverage music plays and says, Let's go break the law just one more time. And, and then Nate like, gets the card door for Sophie. Like the gentleman he is. I thought that was sweet. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. But, now it's but I'm daytime. like, one more? 
it's like breaking Anytime the law for them. Like having says potato one chips. More, you know it doesn't last. <laughs> for me, when I hear that phrase coming from him, I'm like, it's like having potato nope. chips. You can't have just one. True. You have, to have the whole damn bag. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what leads into the next episode, which I loved, and this like kind of left the door open for more. Because they walk off and you don't know what's going to come up next yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. And I kind of also hated that too at the same time. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, what's next? I want more of this. Yeah. And cue the next episode. And that's what happened when I started watching Leverage. I was like, oh, like this looks fun. Robin Hood thieves. Well, now I'm obsessed. how did you discover leverage uh well i my i first heard of it when i was at my mom's ex-boyfriend's apartment and he had the last damn job episode on and it was like paused and i like saw a bit and i was like Oh, that like it kind of looked interesting, and so I discovered it discovered it again a bit later, after, um, like finding it on Prime Video. I was like, "Oh, Robin Hood thieves! This is fun. This looks fun. Click. This is what I do. Yeah, I want more." My story of how I found out about leverage. Yeah, my my story about how I found out about leverage was kind of more subtle in a way, Mm -hmm. more normal. I Mm -hmm. started watching The Librarians, which got me hooked. And my favorite character, surprise, surprise, was a freaking cowboy. Christian Kane's character. Mm -hmm. I know, but smart ass cowboy, literally. Because mm-hmm. he had a queue of like one, one like one ninety something, I think it was on the show. Come to find out that Christian actually studied art history, art and history in oh, college. Yeah. He studied art history in college before he acted. And he played a character that had that. And I'm like, who is this cutie? And I look him up, and I'm like, what's leverage? And so I found it, and I watched like via just a couple years later. Mm-hmm. watched it on uh, I think it was I had downloaded the Electric Now app or something like that no I had gotten IMDB TV and I watched it watched the whole freaking first season in a matter of a month mm-hmm. and then I watched it again in the same month mm-hmm. it took me a whole month to finish the first season <laughs> I'm like I need more I need more. And then I cried when I only found out there was only five seasons and I literally sobbed. Uh, and then I found like, out it came back. And then I, I legit, when I found out that they were coming back, I'm like, oh, finally get a season six. <laughs> yeah, we get a season six. And I was like, it, we made the Let's Castile season six actually happen. <laughs> In a way. Yeah. Though know, I am kind of glad how they handled that with them. Yeah, they kind of, they left, I like that they left uh, the fact that 
end of season five, they left that door open. Oh, yeah. For more. But they didn't yeah, know for sure. And I also like how they handled especially Nate's character Dean, and redemption. Yeah, Dean Dean could have cut that off right there and left it at that and shut the door. But he left the door open just to crack. And now look what we have. We and have redemption. Left, yeah, we have our OG crew 2.0 now. And a, I feel like a better, more adult version of themselves. They're better versions mm-hmm. of themselves now than what I can see the difference between Leverage Redemption Season 1, Episode 1, and Leverage Season 1, Episode 1. I can mm-hmm. see the, the difference in how they've grown mm-hmm. over the years, over the decade that they've been doing this. And mm-hmm. it's this thing of theirs that they do. They want to, they flaunt that they are, yeah, they flaunt that they they are Robin Hoods, that they're Robin Hoods now. And Mm. uh, funny little thing that that they brought back Alice White, Parker's alias. A lot of Parker's aliases, yeah, I saw that. And I'm like, adorable. And the fact that they kind of alluded to more than one team in the new show. Because uh, there's Leverage Con Artist, which is like uh, the Korean drama version. Yeah, and they and then they were like, oh, Hurley. And I'm like, oh, great. And then they mentioned Quinn. I'm like, and then that's brought, they, they brought up Hurley. And I'm, Quinn I, yet. They haven't mentioned yeah, Quinn yet. But they will. I have a they better that they will. They better do. <laughs> And they mentioned Harley. It's like, oh, Harley's in Europe training with the Korean crew, um, helping them grift a little bit better. He's leading them. And I'm like, my immediate thought was, where the hell is Quinn? Uh, probably locked in a basement somewhere, surrounded by six guys, needing Elliot to go save him. <laughs> and that brought up when they met when he, in the later episode the last stand job that's like my all-time favorite um top one of my top five no trouble when they make meet face to face he's like well i'm currently tied up in my i'm not happy with my current job situation what do you what do you got and i'm like the way that he calls him pal i immediately melt at the bama accent like it's the bama accent it's like there's mm-hmm. some there's something about the southern accent that like just melts my heart mm-hmm. not being you a southerner but hearing it, i know it's like it doesn't matter what it is it can be Irish, it can be southern for all that mm-hmm. i care and even the boston accent for that matter is kind of cute too boston, yeah all right, all right. Well, let's back to the episode again <laughs> okay so it's now now day they're at Harrison's apartment and you get Harrison tell everyone about the better and she's the executive vice president executive vice president in charge of new technology development at Ryder and Eric's face Elliot comes over with beer and popcorn and says in between Parker and Sophie like like this is their entertainment and I like how Dean Devlin says that like usually how like popcorn like snacks during these like briefings because it's like their entertainment Oh, I love watching <laughs> like the they have like little preview like little videos of like behind the scenes stuff like what they do like during the press stuff 
and one of the very it was season it was end of season one they had like the little final like press briefing and <laughs> our ot3 are lined up side by side and i see that christian's in the middle and beth's on one side and our, our crazy hacker guy is on the other side and i'm like sandwich and I th- immediately think, what are they going to do or say that's going to, like, make people laugh? And almost immediately, they, like, crack a joke that's kind of inappropriate. I don't even remember what it was. And Beth just literally looks over at Christian and then looks, leans down and looks over at Dean like, did you, did you hear this? He just nods his head and starts smiling. I don't, I don't know if I've seen that. But it's it's on the Electric Now app, and it's, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff of, like, their final, like, get-together grouping pretty much before the premiere where they can watch the final product before it launches. Oh, and yeah. it gets a little crazy. <laughs> but I'm going to find those. Funny. Yeah, it's on uh, the Electric Now app, and I love it. All right. I also love the freaking podcast, the official podcast, because those girls are awesome. They are. Uh, all right, back to the episode. Harrison's got his orange soda. He's saying that dimensions has a had a rich daddy, trust fund, the LMBA, yada yada yada. <laughs> then Nate asks when the last time they met a victor was. Now it's like Vietnam town. Okay, I'm sorry if I pronounce any of these things wrong. It was Vietnam a town called Ben How was I? I think it's how you say that. And Sophie recognizes it as on the Chinese border. And both of them get their flirt on. And Elliot's leaning back like, that's an odd thing for you to know. Sophie's like, that's an odd place for you to be. Nate's just smiling. He's like, both of these people are crazy. (laughs) But that makes me think with Elliot's background of like how his fighting style is bring that up we know that he has some sort of training mm-hmm. to be able to do this stuff and like maybe one of his uh tours brought him in that vicinity mm-hmm. at one point and then with sophie could be maybe one of her mm-hmm. yeah like some of her thieving skills her Rich, grifting days yeah. or like actors being a, a failed actress on broadway brought her over there at one point and maybe yeah. their paths cross or something. That's kind of an arc that I thought of. And I'm like, imagine if they went down that road. That would lead to some extra fire of chaos. Like, seriously. Like, mm. mega chaos. <laughs> Continuing on. Harrison continues explaining that Bering is in charge of all the big fat government contracts. Some DOD stuff, very classified. Parker asks if they can use it, but Harrison doesn't think so as Bennett is in charge of the commercial airline business. And it's like, I know when you sent Bennett's designs, they weren't supposed to make any copies. And Harrison's like, no, I promised, and that would be wrong. And it's like, show me your copies. And Harrison's like, all right. And pulls up the copies of the airplane designs. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's an airplane. But Nate has to mansplain. <laughs> it's a I, short. I love, I love the fact that 
like a typical dad, he could tell when his kid was lying. He could yeah. tell that Harsha was lying to him. Like, and he's like, I'm not show buying me it. your copies. It's like, come on. Okay, dad. Get over. It's like, all right, all right. Here, fine. <laughs> yeah, but Nate has to mansplain that it's a short-haul domestic airliner, one-hour flights, best growing segment of the industry. Feel efficient, high check. High tech. There's a titanium wrap on it, three to one. No idea what any of that means because I'm not an aerospace engineer. And it's, the a fan- it's a fancy, like, from what I saw of, like, the blueprints or whatever from, like, on the computer or whatever that I actually looked up on behind the scenes. It's basically just a, uh, a private jet, but bigger, pretty much, as, from what I understood. Um, because I kind of, I've been on a little passenger plane before, so I kind of know a little bit about that, but I just love learning, like, about blueprints and stuff like that. That part, the research part is, like, what makes my, my little geek heart happy. (laughs) Um, as you obviously know, because I've looked up a ton of crap for my stories. Yeah. And it's, um... And it's like, oh, you know, you pick up things here and here. I was like, you pick up a lot of stuff. Then Parker's like, ha! I don't know exactly, like, what she thought he was trying to say. It's very confusing to me. She, like, read into it wrong, apparently. I think so. Norris Ring continues saying that DeBenage appears to run head-to-head for five years, trying to grab the lead. And then $11 billion industry. Parker's like, Pearson got there first. DeBenish took the shortcut. Nate realizes that DeBenish has a rival and one that pisses him off so much that he hired them to steal the designs, and this was good. And then Sophie's like, what are you thinking, Nate? Nate's like, I'm thinking Nigerians. Yeah, Nigerians will do nicely. And then walks away. And Sophie's the only one not surprised, and the team looks at her, and she's like, it's like, well, he hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> and I'm like that kind that mic drop was also a breadcrumb leading into the next job a little bit in a way mm-hmm. and I'm like oh so that explains the title of the freaking episode Nigerian like, job Nigerians like, yeah I'm like what in the hell and then it clicks I'm like oh Okay, mm-hmm. I feel stupid. Because <laughs> it was right there in front of my face the entire time. Then we head back to Bering Air- Aerospace, and the receptionist tells DeBenich it's 9 o'clock is there. DeBenich sees Sophie sitting in a chair, a leggy outfit, of course. And Sophie introduces herself to DeBenich in a South African as- accent as Anna Gunstadt from the African Commercial Great. Commercial Transport and Trade Initiative. And surprisingly, she doesn't suck. <laughs> as hard as in things she's going to. And DeBenish takes Sophie to his office and asks if she's government. So he's like, no, no, private business consortium. And they're looking to encourage infrastructure development and economic renewal 
she's laying it on a little bit too thick is what I thought from that. I'm well, like, I think but, she's giving him but dumbass Dubin is just buying it. Like seriously, he like is. buying this crap. Yeah. And I'm like oh, basically she's stupid yeah. man. Yeah. Well, men tend to do stupid things when it comes to women. To pretty so, women, especially. Pretty, yes. Same thing for uh, <laughs> people who are basically also, anybody so attracted to women all... will be will make yeah. stupid decisions in the face yeah. of Yeah, pretty much. And it's the same for women and men, like mm-hmm. looking at a pretty guy. And all sense of logic and reason go out the window. Yeah, but, yeah. And that happened in a matter of split second, which is it hilarious. Does. And you can see it in his eyes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you poor stupid man. Yeah, so, yeah. You're well, done for. So, so, so Sophie's going to her grift and Harrison's like, she's not awful. And then we get Nate saying, this is her stage. Sophie Devereaux is the finest actress you've ever seen when she's breaking the law. It's like and, this is this is where she thrives on the small yeah. screen behind the yeah. behind the scenes of bit, behind yeah. the public eye of mm-hmm. presenting to a one-on-one audience pretty much instead mm-hmm. of a group of people. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why when we see her for the first time, she's basically failing because yeah. she's overwhelmed, I think. And I can kind of relate to that a bit, yeah. A little bit. But there's like, the irony yeah. in that too. Exactly, a grifter who can't act on the stage. Okay, but of course, then Sophie's like, "Come on, let's go talk somewhere a little less formal, eh?" And Dubenich is just bumbling. <laughs> He's the bumbling idiot. Yes. And then Nick uses Hardison. He sends the blue screen of death to the receptionist's computer. Center to call IT. He was Parker. She puts on a southern accent, introducing herself over the phone as IT. Yeah, um, asking if she's turned off and on the computer again. Nate Hardison probably tells Nate he told her to say that. And Nate's like, "Well done." <laughs> like, 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 look what I did, Dad. Like you're proud of me, Dad. Like, yes, son, I am proud of you. <laughs> of course, Nate would never actually say that. Then <laughs> then Parker tells the receptionist that there's someone on her floor right now. And then comes Ellie and introduces himself as IT. <laughs> like his hair's slicked back. He's got like the glasses kind of like we do. <laughs> Freaking! <laughs> I was like, he, "Don't call like, ID." <laughs> it's like he went from suave cowboy header to geek. Yeah, full-on nerd. Yeah. Oh yeah, because <laughs> he draws his Star Trek crap later. <laughs> I know. But he's getting his flirt on. Exactly. And I was like, "Oh no, 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 no." We're gonna have a strong talk when you get back. And I'm like, that makes me think of a gag reel where he's carrying Bethy on his back, dressed the geek. 
know when you see like, accountant. You know exactly. So just like, get up. <laughs> exactly. You know exactly which one I'm talking about because he's got that geeky like dis- disguise on, and I'm like, and he just got cuter by like ten. He did. Okay, back to the episode because he's still got a bit to go yet. Okay, then Sophie and DeBennett. Sophie's still selling her character to DeBennett. And it turns out she actually is not that bad and was basically reading Nate's mind when it comes to what to say to uh, DeBennett to get him to buy her character. And Elliot gets his part on with the secretary to distract her so Parker can come through the ceiling and plan to transmit her. I love how Hardison's like, shouldn't I be the computer guy? Or shouldn't I play the computer guy? And Hardison's like, shouldn't I play the computer guy? And it's like, no, I want you to actually be the computer guy. It's like, no, no, no. We're going to let Elliot be the puppet. And you're going to be the puppet master pulling yeah. the strings. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And then Elliot, then Elliot's like, the secretary comments how big Elliot is. And she's, cause she's like, you're kind of big for an IT guy. And it's like, oh, well, thank you. I like to stay big. It's like just enough. And let's like to cling on and go into all the conventions. And And she does it back. The freaking Star Trek. It's like, oh, don't you tease me. Nars is like, oh, no, no. That's just when he says, oh, no, no, no. No. We're going to have a strong talk when you get back. I love, like, that's the Star Trek reference right then there. And it's like multiple times throughout. Considering who one of the lead, like, people. One of the least masterminds, I guess you could say, is besides Gene Devlin, Jonathan Frakes, Frakes aka yeah. number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sophie is still selling her character, getting DeBenage to playing the rival card at one point to get so to get DeBenage to take the meeting. I mean, Nate is proud of her and possibly slightly turned on i don't know because that seems like a thing that would turn on nathan ford is sophie doing a grift good (laughs) and reading yeah to me it it was like he almost had like a prideful smile on his face yeah it is pride All right, so Sophie wraps it up, admit, and then leaves DeBenich hanging. And that's basically the end of that meeting. And then back at Hardison's apartment, Elliot's shooting pool. Hardison shows Nate DeBenich's finances. And Parker's playing with the lock because she's got to do something. <laughs> Nate goes up to Elliot, who offers him a beer, and Nate declines. And I was like, you look better than when you started. And he goes like, and that bothers you, doesn't it? 
it's like, well, this isn't supposed to feel. And now it's like, good. It's not that hard to figure out. D. Bennett screwed you. He cheated by stealing from that other company. And your good guy brain sees him as the bad guy. Your conscience is clear. <laughs> now. And it's like, you want to take your shot? Elliot, like, takes the swig of his beer. But I think this scene here shows, like, how receptive Elliot is. Because he may not be the most, like, emotionally, like, expressive person. Yeah. But in a way that, the way that he expresses... it's, it's emotion like or feeling yeah. it's through his protective nature he's yeah. kind of he was taught because he joined the military at the age of 18 yeah, he's taught to bot- yeah yeah he was taught to bottle that in mm. well so that and training. Too, i think that also adds like a protective for just doing what he does for a living he probably yeah it's another defense mechanism like okay i need to read this person so i know if i'm about to get like betrayed or not or if i need to like think of like an exit before i go in here in case this goes bad or whatever a strategic kind of like mind reading in a, in a way because like a bit, he's yeah. playing chess head with what the possibilities are well that's what he does is that's what that's what Nate's thing is playing chess. Yeah. But with Elliot, it's more of, I hate to say this, but more punchy. Well, yeah. A more punchy version of chess, pretty much in his head, but it's more quick to him mm-hmm. because he has only a split second to decide mm-hmm. do I need to either A, run and get more backup, or B, fight like hell to get out of here, or C, all of the above. Yeah. Because sometimes you need to do all the above. And and then and Elliot's like, I'm sorry about your kid. And it's like, you don't know anything about that. And I was like, everybody knows. Like a guy like you goes off the street, a lot of people notice. And it was a bad story too. How do they justify that? Huh? The insurance company not paying for his treatment? Which also shows that Elliot does have like an empathetic side to him because he is sort of like empathizing here with Nathan like like, do you feel bad for you yeah it's like well you suffered this loss I can see the damage that it's done to you because I've I can tell it's messing you up yeah Yeah. he's basically done that to people and he's like I've taken away lives and I've caused loss. So I can see mm. the pain that you're hiding behind the mask. Because I do that too. Because I absorb that. And I kind of relate to that. Because he's masking his true emotions. Mm-hmm. And so is Parker. And mm-hmm. so is Hardison. They all do. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think I'm drawn to them. Because they mask so well. And I, I have to as well. Mm-hmm. It's a self-preservation thing. Mm-hmm. Like a self-defense mechanism. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like uh, preserving your own sanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Back to the episode. So 
you get a flashback to Nate's son in the hospital. And Nate says that they claimed their treatment was experimental. And like his tells Nate, like, you know, you should have fenced one of those monets you found. You fenced that. Nate's like, Elliot, you and I are not friends. And Elliot's like, right. Because he got so many of them. Again, being a smart ass, I think. But also, like, well, that right there like, yeah. is a deflection mechanism for him because he's confronted with jerk mode from Nate. But he's like, mm-hmm. well, you're not all warm and fuzzy, are you? Yeah, like, yeah. like you don't you're have any friends. Cat. You're but basically I'm a cat. Tell yeah. you, but I'm going to tell, tell you like woman. it is. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm telling not gonna... you the woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, I'm not going to hold your hand. I'm not going to be all soft and stuff. But you need a brunt kick in the pants, and I'm gonna give it to you. And yeah. that's kind of that his that's his uh, that's mm-hmm. his NCO uh, aspect coming out, out of him. Um, he sees the the pain that he has in in his heart, but he's like, I'm gonna tell you like it is because I don't I don't lightfoot around on mm-hmm. what I see. I call it as I see it. And that's kind of what I admire about Elliot. Mm. The no hesitation to call out people. Mm. But that also gets him in trouble too. Yeah. I also think there's a layer to that line of like, yeah, like you don't have any friends, but I'm going to warn you that the girl you've obviously had a fling for is coming over. And I'm going to leave to give you two some space. Which is like something like friendly. Like I'm giving you this courtesy of like giving you a heads up so you can prepare for this moment. He's like, hey, kind of wise up. Get your head out of your butt and actually pay attention to this girl. Because she actually wanted to start a relationship with you. I can see it. You want to do it. Mm -hmm. Put your ego aside. Shove it in a box and bury it for now mm-hmm. and focus on what your heart wants, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I kind of admire that advice. Yeah. And who knew putting a freaking calm in the ear would have so much freaking tension? Oh my God. <laughs> and then her saying, so this time you really are stuck and you really are inside my head. <laughs> then goes yeah, I immediately I immediately thought, that's creepy. Mm. I would not want to be inside your head. Mm-hmm. Or Nate's for that matter. No, but I think this is and then we get hardest inside <laughs> in his little rolly chair. And slides across the room. <laughs> like, oh, oh. Oh, and you could see Nate's look like, shut up, <laughs> which was improv by all of us. And he, he was like, because they I had the like, camera set sitting, up. Yeah, he was like, I was sitting in a roller chair and I had to. I just had to do that, my little roller chair thing. And I did. <laughs> and they were talking about broke. it in the audio. Yeah. Yeah. They he were almost talking about broke it. Fucking, yeah. He almost broke Christian. <laughs> Seriously, that's not. From all this, he's like, yeah, I almost, I think I almost broke Christian. I was like, I 
did my little roller chair thing, and I'm like, oh, not again. But I think basically how they said it in the audio commentary was they like shot that scene and they forgot Aldis was there with nothing to do. So we just slid in the scene like, oh, and they just kept it because it works. And that was, that was funny. That was like, and I think it was at a Comic-Con that Aldis was like, yeah, that was pure improv on my part. And I'm like. <laughs> Nicely done, sir. I applaud you. <laughs> so we go back to Baron Aerospace. Nate's outside watching, telling Sophie Dimenich has arrived. Sophie panics because she isn't ready. Nate tells Sophie that if she doesn't meet him in the lobby, he's going to search the building in the directory, and they are in the directory. Elliot's climbing up steps like, why aren't we in the directory? Harrison's like, I don't know, maybe because they're fake offices. Like, tone down the sarcasm, Harrison. <laughs> like, there's no need for that right now. And so Sophie goes to the elevator. There's no elevator. <laughs> Nate goes to leave. Artisan follows, and Nate tells Parker she has 10 seconds to get Sophie to the lobby while he distracts the bench. Parker gets Sophie to a stairwell and has her put on a harness. Elliot walks past and changes out the signs. Nate pulls out a baton as hard as it stands back like, Oop, I do not know what's about to happen, though I totally know what's going to happen. As Nate starts breaking shit and <laughs> breaking the windows. It's like full, he fully channeled bull in a china shop breaking in there. He did. And I wonder how much fun Timothy Hutton had doing that. Well, as they found out, apparently it's not that easy breaking windows. Especially when you realize <laughs> that the like the set glass, that's not real glass. It's uh, the rubber glass. It's fake when they break yeah. it. Or it's made out of um, sugar. Or both. You're both, yeah, both. depending on the scene and what they yeah, need but, it for. But yeah. Yeah, when they when they break it, it's um it's a a resin. It's so brittle. Mm-hmm. I found this out through a little bit of research because mm-hmm. I'm wanting to go into prop design and stuff and be a prop maker. Yeah. Um and it's with like this <laughs> when they do like the like the broken glass on the ground after he hits it, it there's like broken glass rubber, everywhere yeah. that's the rubber glass but when yeah. you hit it it's that's the sugar glass it, ah, it shatters yeah that makes sense because i know like and it, um, it's sugar it's legit mm-hmm. sugar it's hard sugar and you hit it and it shatters and it but doesn't you, like cut it, or anything either because actually sugar. no the when you hit it, it it they call it sugar glass but it's legit um fake glass and it's sharp it's like plastic and you you can get cut if you're not careful, well, yeah, and you'll if like if you lay on it because Jensen Axel's Ackles actually had to deal with that because they busted out a window behind him and he had to lay in that broken glass. Oh, yeah, glass, and it mm-hmm. cut him open. So I'm like, they probably got a couple nits and cuts from when it shattered. Probably got, like this flashback from that. I'm like, mm-hmm. I would not want to be in that mess. Mm-mm. Because I would be crying from pain. Yeah. All right. All right. Back to 
the episode. Okay, so Sophie and Parker were pulled down the staircase, which Sophie's not happy about because she's screaming the whole way down. (laughs) Sophie does make it in time and gets debenished to the elevator. And Sophie... Um, basically hints to Devenich that he's going to have to offer a bribe to these officials that they're going to meet. And then Elliot leaves the Sophie and Devenich go to the office and they have the meeting with the Nigerians. And then Parker meets with Nate and Hardison outside. And it's like, good job on the zip line. Parker's like, totally thought she was going to break a leg. Not bad for a first time. Which I find kind of funny. Because like that Parker expects Sophie's going to break her leg? Or, no, no. Right. Sophie. I was, like, yeah. was like, that was a little weird. For yeah, her it was it was implied of like, well, if it happens, it happens. I'm like, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> That's creepy. Yeah. All right. So Sophie closes up the deal, giving Dubenich an envelope from the Nigerians. The envelope contains like a million dollars on like a sheet of paper. Like it's a sheet of paper in black letters that says a million dollars or something like that. Funny. And then they meet outside. Nate asks if they own him or if they have him. Sophie says they own him, then asks if it'll work. Nate says that they have a lot of work to do. And then we see Dubenich and his lackey go to his office and they find the transmitter. And Dubenich reveals that he knows that Sophie's working with Nate and that they're trying to pay him back for him screwing them over. And he tells his lackey to call the FBI. So the next morning, the lackey asks if he's sure it's the team. And Dubenich explains the timing. Like the week for four, week of the shareholders meeting. The bug, the face offices, cash bribes. And using Nigerians, quoted the Nigerian prince scam. Which is basically someone sends you an email claiming that they're like a Nigerian prince. And then they hit you up for some money. Yeah, and that's, I actually found that out that that's actually like a legit thing. I didn't think it is. that that was real. And I looked it up and it's legit. And it's still, it still goes on to this day. And I'm like, people still fall for that crap? I know. That's why, like, really? I, literally, ever since I started watching Leverage, I've been like so much more weary of like, things I get sent my head is now on a swivel and I notice things differently yeah and I even notice like the security cams where the security officers are and how many people are around me <laughs> I basically channel Elliot at yeah. all times and it's kind of hilarious and then And then Devenage is like, who do they think I am? Some dog they can lead around? Like, yes. That's that's exactly what. So then the team gets ready. 
uh, packing up duffel bags with clothes, I think. And they meet outside. There's a shareholders meeting. The Nigerians arrive and meet with Sophie. Sophie meets with Tibenich and they, they, he suggests they do the deal now. So they go into the conference room where Dubenich lets in the FBI agents. And the FBI agents go to grab Dubenich and Dubenich thinks the Nigerians are con men. And he's like, I spoke to Agent Higgins. And the guy pulls up like, I'm Agent Higgins. I'm Agent Higgins. And Dubenich is under arrest for soliciting a bribe from Nigerian officials. Dubenich is like, what? No, 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 they're not actually Nigerian officials, but they actually are. And then they reveal that Sophie told them she was with Dubenich. And we get a flashback to her meeting with the Nigerians. And that the Nigerians confirm that for Dubenich that they don't have an office there. Dubenich is like, ha ha. But it's like, she showed us to your other office. And then we get the flashback again to Elliot putting up the Bering Aerospace sign before Sophie met with the Nigerian officials. I love when they do like the flashback. Like, I do. I love the, the coming camera. together. So yeah. Because cool. right. we're like, wait, what's the, there's a missing piece here. Like, oh, that makes sense. That's the missing piece. Like, where did that damn puzzle piece go? Oh, there it is. Yeah. Right. And Dubenich goes to leave to deal with the shareholders. Cops were in the place. Shareholders are freaking out. FBI comes for a minute. Benich tries to keep everyone calm. But Higgins asks out loud if anyone else is involved in the bribe. And the Nigerian say that he handed Benich a check with $200,000. Benich said he wasn't handed a check. But then we get a flashback to Sophie switching out the envelopes before handing it to Benich. And then Higgins asks if Dubenich cashed the check, and Dubenich said he didn't get a check. Another agent says that they've got people searching the lab, sees the files and computers. Dubenich is like, you can't do that. And Higgins is like, you have DOD contracts, and there are rules with contacts with foreign nationals. Like, the Patriot Act applies here, and I could take your underpants. Like, Dubenich yes. is like, this is getting aggressive, okay? Oh, yeah, and um, bringing up the Patriot, that actually is a legit thing. I know so that's with, a real thing. Yeah, and I found out that, like, with, let's take any, like, big business company, um, like, you know, Coke Industries, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's say that they're working with a foreign official. Mm-hmm. Under the Patriot Act that was enacted and put in place to protect the international trade dealings, they can seize all assets if they need to. That if they find out that the person that you're working with, like the Nigerians, are suspected of a crime, doesn't matter if it's peaceful or not. If they suspect there's a crime, they can, yeah. under the Patriot Act, yeah. actually take your, your stuff. Without yeah. a warrant. Mm. All they need is suspicion. Yeah. And that's enough. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of scary. Yeah. I mean, for in this context, it makes sense, though. 
Yeah, I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This cut con- this context though for what they need to do, it makes sense because it's they another need... it's another thorn in and Dubinich's side yeah. at this point. And when I'm like, <laughs> it's funny as Dubinich's exit though. He's like, yeah, like, like introduces someone. They're like, these men are from Nigeria. Oh, Joe, just relax. Like, let them do their thing, and I'll be right back. And he just leaves. And his lackeys shredding everything, dumping it out the window. So scraps of paper are flying. And out comes our team carrying boxes and FBI FBI jackets. I just love how they just casually walk out the front door. I know. It's like, how would they not know that those guys aren't actual FBI agents? Like, uh, I guess chaos. You miss things in the chaos, so they don't even yeah. pay attention. It's in the in the fray of like the heat of the moment. You're mm-hmm. focused on getting this one bad dude and his mm-hmm. like slimy friends, mm-hmm. and you don't notice the. The guy with the giant sword behind you walking off. Yeah. The moonwalking bear. It's like it's that's what it's like. Again, it's again, it's like with Apollo Apollo Robbins fight of hand. That's what it is. Deception, yeah. I'll pick your pocket, pretty much. That's Mm -hmm. what that's it. It's I didn't realize that until now. Like I'm gonna show you a card trick while I steal your wallet or while I steal your wallet and steal your watch. And steal your handkerchief. Or whatever. Okay. And then put this business card in your back pocket. Yeah. All, right. All at the same time. Yeah. All right. All right. Back to the episode. All right. So Nate meets with Pearson and gives him the hard drive with copies of his files, along with proof they were on bearing airspace servers. In exchange, Pearson drops the investigation against the team for the theft. Nate agrees, hands over the drives, and goes to leave. Pearson's like, don't you want money? Nate says, this particular project has a different revenue stream. I immediately thought, well, what does that mean, Nathan? Explain. Well, because they're, because as, or, that gets answered kind of in a minute. And the FBI is searching to Benage's office and the news is reporting on the TV that Baring's stock has basically crashed. <laughs> so Nate gets a phone call from Nate. It's like, you should have just paid us. And you know, it's just like, I found the transmitter. And it's like, no, you found the transmitter with the blinking light. Like, yeah, we wanted you to figure out some of it. And we just gave you what you were expecting. Which is the whole con. Is basically, basically like the and- Nigerians <laughs> being actual Nigerians. and Yeah, in a way... That brings up the Kobayashi Maru, which is a actual unwinnable odd. They set him up with his own Kobayashi Maru, mm-hmm. where they knew how it was going to end because they set it up. They set that ball mm-hmm. in motion. Mm-hmm. And I love that later on, Will Wheaton mentions that. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, not another geeky reference. And also, Dean Devlin is insistent that every bad guy they take down get taken down by his own sin yep it's like you they so, set up the mirror and mm-hmm. it shows you their their true heart pretty yeah. much yeah 
their own flaw. Yeah. So in this case, Debenich's Debenich thinks like, he knows everything and knows what's gonna happen before he it gets happens. Kind of, yeah, he gets kind of cocky in that aspect, yes. but his so the team gives him his, exactly like, what he wants, and then him turns being a little, out, yeah, like, yeah, it's like. Oh, I know something you don't. It's like, uh, we know something that you don't actually. Yeah. Fact check. You're wrong. We're yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> you suck. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And then Dubenich is like, I am Victor Dubenich. I am going to beat this. And it's like, aren't you forgetting about the bribe? Dubenich is like, who cares? You can't prove anything. I didn't get any money. Then the FBI finds some cash in the desk and it's like, doesn't account for all of it because Sophie kept some to buy a truly, truly impressive number of shoes. <laughs> and you see, like, the teams walking, like, below Nate because he's on, like, a bridge thing. And Parker's like, what's it with women in shoes? Sophie's like, there's something wrong with you. And I was like, that's what I said. So I, I noticed that, that Ellie was like, that's what I said. I said that just like a little bit ago and nobody, so nobody I just noticed this. Like... Yeah. yeah, so I just noticed this on this watch through. But Parker's wearing like a see-through black top and a black bra. Like that is what she's wearing. I did not know she was wearing that before. Yeah, and then well beforehand before they do like the final like meet up walk up she was wearing a completely different shirt mm-hmm. from what I noticed and then it it switches I'm like you went from business clothes to party clothes a bit yeah <laughs> that's what it looked like to me and also so, Elliot's, Elliot's red Henley looks really comfy like his the outfit that he's wearing he looks like cute and cuddly even though he killed me <laughs> yeah right. although right, so, he wouldn't mm-hmm. which is awesome maybe that's just his character he's like yeah. i protect you but if you crash me i will hurt you uh, right. so then nate starts explaining that to debenage that if a company's stock price falls 10 50 percent in one day you can sell short make a lot of money if it falls 30 percent, you can make shattering amounts of money and he tells Dubenich, and he tells Dubenich that they didn't need the FBI to arrest him. They just needed to scare his investors by having the FBI coming in and out of his office all day. And him going to jail is just a bonus and warns Dubenich not to tell the feds about them. Because the next time he won't be so nice. So then Nate's with the team and stuff is like, they see the check and it's like, they're like, oh my God, this is a lot of money. Like, this is the most amount of money I've ever held in my hands in my entire life. Yeah, and I love the, that promise that Nate makes of, like, the next time, it I won't be so nice. It does come and true. And a few episodes later, he, if, he said, yeah, I, this is the next time. Yeah. And it's like, it was in the, the my one of my favorite episodes. The last it was damn in the last damn job, yeah. And it's like, this is the next time. And I'm like, Oh, you scary, but also, <laughs> yeah, I kind of like evil giggle, and I'm like, yeah, Ooh, 
ooh, something bad's gonna happen, but it's gonna mm-hmm. be something awesome. And I like and that's how, that was my reaction with mm-hmm. the first episode. I was like, ooh, what's next? Give it to yeah. me. I need yeah. more. Yeah. Then Hardison explains that there is an overlap in the London stock market with NASDAQ, and he's just very good at what he does. Parker's like, this is the score, and Elliot's like laughing. Hardison's like, age of the geek. And he's even he beside Elliot, Elliot, and Elliot's like, somebody kiss this man so I don't have to, and like hits him <laughs> on the chest with the envelope. <laughs> and there's the chest. <laughs> I, when I saw that, I'm like, when, how the heck did Christians keep a straight face saying that? And he two, did it because he's chuckling why, and the camera's not on him, technically. So but, he says he didn't and they just hit it. Yeah, he probably broke. But what I want to know is, why didn't he take the opportunity to smack Aldous in the face? <laughs> That's the probably chest. the take that didn't make it. Oh man, <laughs> that was, somebody needs to ask you, Devon. Did somebody that should. happen? Like seriously, right. I right. need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Continuing on, because we're almost done. Harrison's like, like, we're out. This is retirement money for all of us, and it's like pleasure working with you. Elliot says no show, one show only, no encores. And Parker says she forgot their names, and they go to leave. We get another bird's eye overhead shot. Then as Nate's walking, Hardison comes up to him, telling him he's never had that much fun on a job, and he has focus issues, and Nate kept him right on. Parker says he's only at good at one thing, and he knew other things. Sorry, and she can't stop doing her one thing. You know, it's like, you know what I think? It's like, not really. And Nellie asks how long before he falls apart again, and he, uh, he says a guy like, you can't be out of the game. That's why you were a wreck. You need the chase. Then Nate gets a phone call and sees Sophie on the bench and she walks up to him saying he could pick the jobs. And Nate says, my job's to find bad guys. And Sophie's like, so go find us some bad guys. Bad guys have money. <laughs> and I love get- how... I love how Nate's like, well, my job is to hunt down the bad guys, not to take them down, actually. I don't throw the punches. I find okay. the people. Like I and find then hire the people guys. to take the problem. Yeah. So it's like, so go find us some bad guys. Bad guys have money. <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. That's true. <laughs> I mean, and we also, but then, yeah. I don't know if it was in my head or it was actually in the thing, but after that was said i looked over at beth and she had like this little quirky smile and look in her eye of like oh she's not wrong yeah (laughs) i don't think that was scripted but that was i don't know that might have been something beth did yeah and i'm like the subtle little mannerisms that they bring it's hilarious Mm -hmm. it cracks me up all right and we also get the Black King White Knight motif again. So, all right. Then we meet a husband and wife. The wife's crying, and the husband's trying to keep his composure. And the wife is apologizing. And Sophie's like, take your time. And Sophie says uh, she was 17 
Sophie says she knows and she's consoling the wife. And the wife reveals that the company killed her, claiming it is an accident and she wants them hurt. And the husband's like, we can't pay you. But Sophie says they work on an alternative revenue stream. And then we see the team behind her with Nate sitting in a recliner. Husband's confused because he says the judge said they couldn't appeal and what they're going to do. Then we get the most famous line out of all of Leverage. People like that. Corporations like that. They have all the money and they have all the power and they use it to make people like you go away. Right now, you're suffering under an enormous weight. We provide leverage. leverage. <laughs> we did the thing. The little head cock that he does so when he says leverage. <sighs> and that is the end of the Nigerian job. So this is absolutely one of my favorite pilots of any TV show I've ever seen. Because you could tell right away what the character arcs for these characters are. Yeah, and I like how um, toward the end, it doesn't shut the door on the job immediately. It leaves it open for the next thing. Like, you know, they're not done. Yeah. There's more to it. Yeah. And I'm like, what's yeah. next? Yeah. And yeah. And I also just, I like the, the the dynamics you can already tell between these characters. Like you can already see like the bickering between Elliot and Hardison, and you have like the Hardison pining for Parker, and you have like the will they won't they with Sophie and Nate. Yeah, like, it sets up of, the whole arc for the season. Yeah, it's like too. the way that I saw it. It was more of like you saw the brother brotherly bond between Elliot and Hargerson and then mm-hmm. the boyfriend girlfriend possibly friendship between yeah. Hargerson and Parker pining, yeah. and yeah and then the kind of dynamic dysfunctional parent dynamic slash friendship dynamic between Sophie and Nate mm-hmm. and then that intertwining of we want more we want yeah. to correct the corrupt system. Being corrupt people that we know the law is going to hunt us down. But yeah. they we go beyond when the law stops. Yeah. That's what I think was really cool about this about this show is they have that. Like the law only goes so far. Mm-hmm. We're willing to go beyond what the law Pick can up do. where the law leads off. Exactly. All right. So did you have like any other thoughts on this episode or? Well, I just love, <laughs> this is going to be kind of weird, but I loved all the like different camera angles of how quick. I love the switched. camera angles. It was yeah. so cool. The roundabout too. And they're like before the bird's eye shot when they're all in the circle. I call it the roundy round. Oh, when they're doing like, <laughs> it's, when they're on that pant, it's on a track and it's going around. And it's like I love circling that. And they're in yeah, the center. I love the round around. That's so cool. Or as I call it, the merry-go-round effect, which is yeah. really, really cool. 
Yeah. And it kind of just it builds mm-hmm. that tension, which mm-hmm. you kind of want more. It's like, what's going to happen next? Yeah. Which I think is really cool about the show. And it's got that what next storyline mm-hmm. through the entire whole show, pretty much. Mm-hmm. From what I've kind of picked up. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to revisit. <laughs> revisit it is especially the, the like. Yeah, especially with Redemption out in season two of Redemption filming right now. Like, going back and seeing, like, where it all started. And having seen, like, other people's interpretations and going back and being like, okay, like, I can see where this came from. Or, like, this meta came from. Because I know there are people. Yeah, like, oh, I know that reference. It's from yeah. this show. And yeah. then they have like a crossover. Yeah. With uh it was on psych. Remember, it was like, oh, I know a team in Boston that did it in like 15 minutes. The bottle job or something. <laughs> something yeah. Yep. Or something like that. Yeah. And then, um... I love that. That was funny. And I actually went and watched that episode of Psych and I picked up on it. I'm like, no way. <laughs> And I hope, hopefully, we'll see more of that yeah. in, in Redemption season yeah. two. Yeah. All right. Which we probably will. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, that's all I have for today. Do you want people to find you on social media or? Um, they can if they want to. I'm on Twitter, and also on. Uh, I usually I'm more on like Instagram usually, and it's just my name alex cooper mm-hmm. and they will recognize just just by my name um and the fact that i post a lot about redemption and like yeah. several pictures of Elliot. yeah <laughs> that's when you know and my yeah. bio says a girl obsessed with uh fan girl obsessed with with candy and books yeah on both platforms which mm-hmm. for twitter and for uh, Instagram, but yeah, uh, this was fun. This is the first time I've ever been on a podcast before. Oh wow! I I actually didn't know that. As a, as a guest, so this is interesting. Yeah. Wow. Glad you had fun. So you can follow me on social, or you can look at my website, which I will be linking in the episode description as well as NAFCO's website if you want to donate to support the podcast or check us out on socials. And speaking of leverage, you can actually check out my leverage fix, The Hitter's Girl, The Hitter's Girl's Redemption, and The Hitter's Girl Short Stories, which the first the hitter's girl is actually based on the original leverage which is what we're going through now so if you want to read that my character is sort of elliot's love interest as you can tell i'm we both like like elliot which is why we both have characters that are elliot's love interests so yeah you could check those out if you want. And 
pretty sure that is all for today. So I will see you all in the next episode.